0: At WRQK.com, there has been no iHeartMedia shutdown, meaning you no. shall get $1,000 on this program every single hour. We'll give you your keyword. What about the FCC? We closing that son of a bitch down? No, I doubt it. Son of a bitch. I doubt highly. I doubt somebody is uh, standing <laughs> guard, wanting to know if Stansbury uses the F word this morning on the radio program, whether or not, yeah, I'm sure somebody at the FCC will be on guard and be willing to take my, uh, my esteemed position away from me. I got to be honest with you. I don't really want to get into that whole thing a okay. bunch today. Like, I really don't. But it has been wildly annoying since it has happened. Right? Like, you got CNN anchors out there going, funny, I don't remember this happening in the last administration, even though it was under 20 days and it totally did happen. So, do dial down the hatred of the guy and, like, get your facts together and then and then maybe then go on TV. And it's I tweeted this out the other day. When the government shut down in 2013, I had Twitter. And like 15% of my timeline was about it. This time around, it's like 95% of the timeline is about it. So did the people that I know and or follow get that much more political in five years? I mean, maybe they did. Somebody pointed out to me. This woman, Lynn, pointed this out to me. She goes, you know, five years is actually a long time. Right? You go from 35 to 40, you're a different person. And she's right about that. And she's like, maybe people got a little older and they're taking things a little bit more seriously. And I would, Lynn, I would have to admit that that's definitely a product of what you're seeing here. But I'm talking even Matt the the media outlets I follow even. weren't talking about the government shutdown this hard as they are this time around.
1: Um, I I, I guess definitely the uh, severity of the consequences I guess maybe feels more now. It feels like there's you know more urgency when it comes to matters like this. So like I mean the, the the circumstances have changed, but I take your point. And and more than like just talking about it, it's my problem is is that people act like they're experts on things, and it's just like anything else where as soon as a news story comes up, all of a sudden I've got constitutional. Right. In, my, in my timeline, where it's like, guys, you can have your opinion. I understand that you can have your thoughts on it, but like, don't, don't, don't present well, yourself as like the authority on.
0: They this. don't even want their opinion. It seems to me what they want is they just want their their side to not be the ones that shut it down.
1: Well, right. It's no longer about like it's no longer about what's happening or or, or, or it, it's not even about like furthering my causes. It's just inflicting damage on the other
0: side. Right. It's like,
1: oh, Look at you guys. You're terrible. You're all terrible. It's, uh, it's like, well, what are we accomplishing?
0: It was just a little. It, honestly, there was so much of it this weekend that I went the other way. Like I went down the rabbit hole the first day and I was like, all right, start reading everything. Right. And then it got to be like Saturday and then oh, like a yeah. little bit of Sunday. And I was like, dude, I no longer care about this because I've been told by 7,000 people on each side why it's the other side's fault. And people want to dig up the quote on Trump and when he said, well, you know, it, if it happens on your this and that. Yes. Obviously, the guy said things before he became president that maybe he didn't understand until he became president how things can get out of out of hand. Now, what I will say is. The people who voted him in, and the people who tried to tell us all along, what was the big thing? Is that he was the negotiator, right? He, he was the deal maker, the art of the deal. And we were going to get the art of the deal of the presidency. Well, that we so far have not seen in this particular situation. Now, I don't know, again, I'm not going to get bogged down with who's right, who's wrong, who shut it down, who didn't. 51 votes here, but you need 60. I'm not getting into all that, okay? But when you have walked around calling yourself the, the deal maker, and a deal doesn't get done, people are going to look to point to you. And also, you are in charge. So people are going to look to you i don't know if it's the president's fault or or 100 percent or not but what i do know is when you're the president you're the one holding the bag
1: yeah when you're in charge you're in charge and sometimes circumstances play outside of your control there's nothing you can do but it's like you still have to i mean the buck stops somewhere right yeah, sure. no, no, no I, I absolutely. Mean, like, the desk of the president, ideally, but
0: when it, that's just it. When you're the president, it's kind of one of those things, dude. Nothing's not your fault, right? Like at that right point. at
1: that point, it's all your
0: fault. I mean, dude, gas prices are your fault at that point. I mean, that's the way we have traditionally handled this. So at the end of the day, it's you know people are going to look at you like that, but I'm not going to get bogged down in all that. It just seems to me like people. I, I think it's this, and and I'm probably too quick to blame this, but these social media platforms have been sitting back for the last five, six years looking at it. Dude, I think they're all in it together to get us to argue like this, to get us at each other's throats like this. And then Zuckerberg like, well, you know, maybe I got to change my timeline. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe we'll do this. And, you know, maybe we're going to look at this. When in reality, dude, I think it's them that did this to us. I really do. I think that there have been studies on how we move around the board and what we care about and this and that. And I think it's just, we use these platforms. You know what? Somebody actually hit it right on the head for me. I wish I, got, I had the guy's name because he tweeted at me. He said, you know what the difference is? In 2013, Twitter was like a bar. In 2018, Twitter's like a town hall. And he's absolutely right. And that's what's changed. It's like we used to talk. We didn't talk about these kind of things like that. And it got to be a little a little annoying. Now, I could not have been any more wrong on Championship Sunday yesterday. Now, I picked the Patriots to win. I was going to say you got half of it right. I picked the Patriots to win. However, they did not cover. They did not cover.
1: Which, by the way, man, tip of the hat to Blake Bortles and the Jaguars, man. There was plenty of points where I was like, dude, they're going to get throttled. (laughs) Dude, dude, Brady's going to rip it away from them. And they they competed.
0: Blake played a little bit better than I thought he was going to. Yesterday. I thought
1: he put forth an awesome game. I mean dude, wasn't, I really did.
0: he wasn't great, but he was he was
1: he was good. I mean he was pretty good. For in that moment, I thought you couldn't have I mean, what is the guy dude,
0: second, third year guy? AFC championship game in Foxborough. Right. Like on Darth Vader ship.
1: <laughs> there was times I was like, "Man, he's just—it's the moment's too big for him. He doesn't even recognize yeah. what he's doing out there, just going out there and well, playing Sometimes
0: that can help, you know what I mean. Sometimes that you think can help, where it's like you—you you don't understand the moment that you're in. Now it didn't—you know—ultimately didn't end up. Now I, I, I saw a lot of this. And if I'm reading this correctly, that there were no penalties on the Patriots whatsoever? None. Okay, if that, if that ends up being true, like if I end up looking no into one? that and we find out that's true, that's obviously a little crazy. Zero? But I don't buy the narrative that the NFL was like, is out to help the Patriots. So the NFL's out to help the Patriots, but they suspend Tom Brady for deflating footballs. Like that's, I mean,
1: is that to guy you know shake you off the trail? Is that to give you a little bit of like ah yeah well pff, we suspended the guy at a, at a, at a inoper- you know at a at a very convenient time in the season where it's like who cares dude Tom Brady dude you're thirty nine years old Good okay I mean
0: maybe I mean I guess I dude I'd have to leave the door open I would admit that the NFL would rather have New England in the Super Bowl than Jacksonville yes for sure yes for sure I, I, dude, we'll, we'll translate it. I'll make it vacations. You can go to Boston or you can go to Jacksonville. Where do you want to go? You want to go to Boston?
1: Hey, dude, I mean, we're talking about a powerhouse dynasty of the NFL with a, 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 with a fan base, whether it's frontrunners or whatever you want to call them or not, but a fan base that is nationwide versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Come on, dude. Come on.
0: <laughs> right. That's what I'm talking about? But dude, I was completely wrong, and I lost some money on the Minnesota game. I thought for sure Minnesota goes. And now, see, I did think the game was in Minnesota when I bet it. So that was not smart on my, on my behalf. And then I found out it was in Philly, and I just didn't have any faith in Nick Foles. And then he goes and throw, I don't know. I think he threw for like three fifty, three touchdowns, and like lit them up.
1: how I mean, dude, you're, at that point you're gambling Case Keenum versus Nick Foles, and at that point it is like, well, who is gonna, who is gonna show up on that day? I'm not necessarily surprised that that game ended up in a blowout. How much money did Case
0: Keenum lose yesterday? because it was like he's going to be the guy everybody's going to try to throw money at in this offseason and then you go out there and he was a dud. Um I would hope and I would
1: think that most NFL teams probably have a little bit of like hey, we can't let one game set the entire tone of him, but you're right. There's no way there's no way you didn't deflate that balloon a little bit, of course.
0: People are already asking, now is there going to be a quarterback controversy in in Philadelphia, between Carson Wentz and Nick Foles? And I think the answer is no. I think the answer is like, dude, if you, dude, if Carson Wentz magically got healthy between now and the Super Bowl, I bet they put him in the Super Bowl. Like, there's no quarterback controversy there. Nick didn't play all that great in the last couple of games. Played all right, enough to win, but he wasn't like beating you. Carson Wentz will beat you. Wins you a Super Bowl. What's Beats that? Beat Tom Brady.
1: How do you not give the guy the tip of the hat if you beat Tom Brady? Yeah, I, dude, I, I would. Literally impossible. I, dude, I I I think you're. Cra- How do you not?
0: I, I wouldn't. At that point, I still don't do it. I at, at that point, I still go with Carson Wentz. The Eagles looked like a different. Now they looked great yesterday, but they looked like a completely different team when Carson Wentz went down. I mean, they just weren't as powerful. I don't think Nick Foles does it. I think Carson Wentz can do it the next five years. I think Nick Foles has got maybe five more games in him.
1: The, uh, the, the, the point of all this is that like, it really doesn't matter because you know the Patriots are going to roll, dude. There's no doubt in my mind. There I,
0: isn't. I'll tell you why, why I'm really annoyed right now. is because the Super Bowl will do huge ratings because it's the Super Bowl, right? Of course. But it's going to be Tom Brady versus Nick Foles, and so the rating's going to be down.
1: Okay, yeah, it does not feel like must-see TV to Right, me. so okay. the ratings
0: are going to go down off of what they were last year when it was Atlanta high-powered offense versus New England high-powered team. And the ratings are going to go down, and so now all the we boycotted the league people all year are going to go, see, it worked.
1: See, you're right because you're in the worst case scenario here for the NFL. Because if Jackson- well, the worst
0: case was Bortles' fools.
1: Right, 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 right. But I mean, like, at least if at least if it was Jacksonville, you have the underdog story somewhat to play with there. But when it comes to Carson Wentz versus Tom Brady, that would have been like young versus old. What they want is it is it the handing off, or if it would have been Minnesota versus uh, you know the Patriots? Obviously, with that being a home you know a home yeah, game, home field advantage, and uh, and and you know the best defense and. Uh, in the NFL going up against Tom Brady and can he beat the, you know, the, the Matterhorn or whatever the hell it is that they play there and they do their clap thing or whatever. So like, yeah, I mean, the NFL definitely could have written a better story if they really were, you know, what do I want to say? Putting their thumb on the scale there.
0: I'm hearing from Ricky who tweeted this said Jacksonville, six penalties, New England, one penalty. Uh, uh, I, 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 all right. Any team only being penalized once in an NFL game, I mean, guys, we know there's holding on every play, right? right. So, like, so we know that. Uh, I, all right, that's not that. It's a little lopsided.
1: It is. It's there's a no little question. lopsided.
0: I don't know. I Now, see, here's the thing I didn't watch the first half at all, right? I left my house and then went, uh, you know, as a quarter cutter, and then I went to the bar and like, watched the second half. My, you know, My buddy Dustin, who was like, dude, I'm telling you the Jags are going to win. Dude, this is how much of a Browns fan that dude is, right? Oh, They're ahead.
2: not even in the goddamn
0: playoffs, and he goes out Ooh. and finds the Brownsiest team he can get his hands <laughs> on and goes, dude, the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's, those are my guys. I told him Saturday night. I kept trying to tell him, I was like, dude, you know what's gonna happen. It's gonna be third quarter. Brady's gonna march down the field. He's gonna score a touchdown. And it's gonna feel like they're gonna win. And sure enough, they'll hold out and win. And that's what happened.
1: Yeah, dude, when uh, when when Jacksonville gave up, gave Tom Brady the ball with two minutes left in the half, and I was like, dude, this is this is just it's over at this point. I think they were up 14 or 17 points at that point. And I was like, there's no way you give Tom Brady the ball. Here you go, here you go, here you go, and you think you're gonna win that game. It just felt inevitable. It, even even as I was like cheering Jacksonville on, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, underdog. Oh, go you. And you just knew it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be.
0: Jacksonville penalized six times for 98 yards. New England once for 10 yards. All right. Okay. Now, I'm having people tell me that they watched the entire game and felt like it, it was called well. And the guy said, dude, I'm a Browns fan. I have no dog in the fight. And he feels like it was called pretty well. Yeah, I didn't feel like a gripe with it. You watched the whole game, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. I didn't feel like a gripe. I, like I said, I only saw the second half. And again, I'm watching at a bar, I got cheese sticks and beer and like the nice. whole thing, so I don't know if I'm, I'm necessarily watching as closely as maybe some of you at home were. But it didn't feel like that to me. It didn't feel like, oh my god, here come the refs. I just think that's what people want the narrative to be because no other football team has the dynasty that New England has right now. And so like, you want it to be, because your team can't figure it out, you want it to be this. It just feels that way to me. There was another huge sporting event over the weekend. I did watch that, did win some money on that, and I feel like the MMA media needs to be smacked around a little bit. No, I'm probably not going to do it, but we could probably find somebody to do that because I feel like Stipe not getting the credit he deserves. We'll give you that after hooking you up with this $1,000 right now.
2: Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword MONEY to 200200. You'll get a text-confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's money to 200-200. Rock 106. 106.
0: 106.9. Welcome back to The Ray Show. Rock 106.9. Win yourself $8,000. 710 will pass out your second keyword of the day. Saturday night, Ohio uh, Ohio native Stipe Miocic fighting for the heavyweight championship of the UFC as he was already the uh, heavyweight champion. Put his belt on the line there. And he's now been like destroyed. I don't want to say, you know, but like people are like blasting him online. And I think like MMA, both the MMA media and MMA fans alike are, you've been spoiled by Conor McGregor because Conor McGregor is, he's a presence. He's a personality. He's all these things. And he's a great fighter. But I think that those traits are rare. I don't think most fighters are necessarily going to be huge personalities like that. I think, and Steve Aikens, you know, people are like, well, you know, he's not marketable. And I think you're crazy wrong about that. And I'll give you a ex- couple examples here in a second. I- I'm going to defend the fight first. He was an underdog in the fight. I think you could get him at plus 167 is what I got him at. Meaning, dude, you bet 100 bucks, you get, you win 167.
1: I would assume that's pretty unorthodox to have the champion be the be the underdog. Right? I, I wonder
0: if it's because it was like, what, the was this the fifth time he was fighting as the champion or something? No, third. third. This is his third. Yeah. So I think because he was breaking the record there and because of who he was fighting, because that guy was a, dude, that guy's a monster. I mean, as a, I mean, dude, when you look at him, he's a, now I bet the fight, but when it started, I felt like, oh, I don't know, dude, we may have lost some money here. Like when the guys came out in the ring. I'll be honest with you, like, I wasn't like confident 100% in my bet. But the guy had a terrible system. It didn't even look like he trained for the fight. It just looked like I'm bigger, stronger. I'll just come out, throw haymakers, and I'll catch Stipe with a punch and knock him out. That's a bad system. And people called it boring. And it's like, no, dude, Stipe took the guy down to the ground because he's bigger, because his opponent was bigger. So he took him down the ground. And I, dude, there are fights that are boring on the ground. But every time A had him on the ground, all he did was lay on top of him and start throwing punches at the head. How is that boring to watch a guy throw punches at the head?
1: I was going to say, that's exactly what you're looking that's for, what right? I, want. I mean, that's
0: like... That's what I want. The guy came out with a terrible system, and you could tell by the end of the first round, it's like, oh, dude, this guy took A light, and he's going to get his ass beat. Now, there was a point, I would admit, there was a point in the second round where the guy was a little dazed, a little out of it, and if Stepe got a little bit more aggressive he may have been able to end the fight right there. Now, I don't know why you want fights to end in the second round when you spent 60 bucks. I don't know why you would want that. As a, as a fight fan, I have no idea. Now, I didn't pay for it. We went out to Lobby's. They did a no-cover thing, and it was awesome. There was a bunch of crowd there. We had a good time. Things were great. But if you paid for the fight, why do you want to fight over in 90 seconds? That makes no sense to me. And if you're Steve Miocic, right? Like, if you, if, you go, if you get too aggressive on that, this is a one-punch sport. You make one mistake and that guy connects with a with a right hand, it's over. Right,
1: he's not in the business of the most exciting fight. He's in the business of winning fights. And like and like to think that like oh well if he just would have gotten more aggressive right there, he's got a game plan that he is trained for. I mean, dude, he's an elite athlete. <laughs> and like they don't just decide like in the middle of it like screw it, I'm throwing the plan to the side. Right. And and like no, dude, like this unless is, you're getting whooped, well, then then you got to change. Right. Up. And then right when your plan's not working, everyone's got to come up with a plan B. But like when you're winning, why would you? Go like no, I want to I gotta make it more exciting for the fans out there. That's like people who think that like oh, fantasy fo- you, you like players should be worried about their fantasy football. No, stats. God, that's no. asinine. You're trying no. to win. You don't care about anything else.
0: Once you do that, then the sport's ruined. I think. If, if once wide receivers really care about fantasy so, football, I think it's uh, over.
1: So I mean, like, and, and that's the whole thing. Is like. Oh, well, he's not marketable. Fine, you can make the gripe about that, but why would Stipe care about that? Why? Wh- what difference does that make in my world? I'm not trying to give you an exciting fight. No, my
0: job. I'm trying to win the fight. I'm trying to be heavyweight champion. I agree with you. I think in, there's been a little bit of beef between Dana White and Stipe. It seems like Dana White is a little, for those of you that don't know, Dana White's kind of like the man of the UFC. Kind of, the, I mean, they sold the company, but he's still like kind of running it. He's the promoter, he's the, all that, and he seems a little resistant to wrap his arms around Stepe and kind of like promote him, right? And we've seen this with other fighters. Chris Cyborg, a female fighter, claims that this is true of her, and a lot of people have made the argument. Well, dude, you can't understand a word she says. Now, there's a little bit of truth to that with Stepe too, but telling me Stepe Miocic isn't marketable, I think, is insane. You got the, well, you can't call him an all-American kid, but you got you got a Midwest kid guy who's a badass he's now your winningest heavyweight champion of all time and he's a firefighter
1: yeah i mean like the the the, the immigrant story i think almost is a part of the marketability where it's like hey dude this guy came from well, you know especially
0: came, in a global sport
1: right came to live the american dream and came here and like i dude it's i think that's very marketable still
0: works part-time as a firefighter in right. that whole thing like how is that not marketable how is that not a sell and I mean that that
1: at its core is Dana White and like the UFC's like burden is like all right well how do we take a guy Restars. who stars and especially when you consider like I'm sorry but like the concept of like heavyweight fighters just isn't as alluring as it once was and maybe it was like the boxing that kind of like That was the highlight of two just behemoths in the ring, like, pounding on each other. But that doesn't
0: feel as important as it once did. Not in the UFC, because the little guys can fight fun. They can fight fast. Fast and fun. Flurry of punches. There's a lot of action. So, yeah, you're right about that. I just think, telling me he's not marketable with his story, I think is crazy.
1: Um, uh, Now, you know, he started calling himself, and I think he has been calling himself the baddest man on the planet, and like, you look at other dudes who have kind of worn that title, and you're right, there is a little bit of like, well, dude, you ain't Mike Tyson. Like, you ain't. Like, like no matter how you cut it, like, I, and I'm not saying just like from a fight perspective, I'm just saying from that level of like, if you're gonna call yourself that. Stardom? Yeah, you have to be that. You have to like, and I just don't, I don't see him as that. I don't.
0: Sports not not as big as boxing was when Tyson was the man. Um, things have changed. It's harder to become the biggest celebrity out there than it was then. And,
1: and, 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 There's more
0: competition for and, it. And
1: I really do wonder outside of like Northeast Ohio, outside of us being like, yeah, dude, that's our guy. Does anybody like know this dude? Does anybody
0: really care? No, I mean, probably not. I, I'm going to say MMA junkies. Yeah, MMA. Yeah, dude, if you're on MMA forums, then yeah, obviously if you're an Ariel Helwani fan, then yeah, then you know who Stipe is. But I think most, and I've said this about the sport, as a guy who likes it, most of these guys are no names, they're no faces, right? And like, actually, I was telling my buddy who I was watching the fight with on Saturday night. It's one of the reasons why I love the sport. I can turn to the screen, not know who anybody is, but if punches start flying, now all of a sudden I care. It doesn't have to be the Eagles. It doesn't have to be the Patriots. It, you know what I mean? Like as long as punches are flying, I like it.
1: That's how I feel about college basketball. I can turn on a game I know nothing about, know nobody in, and just all give of a I'm just watching action yeah. as opposed to like being invested into a story. And yeah, you're right. There is some of that in MMA where it's like just two dudes, no shirts, and all of a sudden just pounding each other out. Yeah, like, I just. Yeah, I
0: mean, uh, uh, oh, all right, that's probably all that's. All right. Not turn. That's right. not. I don't know what Stepe's you know sexual orientation is, but oh no, he's having a baby. So yeah, I, yeah. I feel. Yeah. I feel like. I feel like we probably have a good beat on what it is, and I don't want him punching me in the face. All I know is that that guy he fought the other night. They called him the most dangerous guy in the sport. He came out and tried to knock Stepe out in the first round and ended up losing the fight. I was not bored by that fight. Now. I did have a plate full of mozzarella sticks in front of me. Maybe that had something to do with it. But as an MMA fan, as a Stipe fan, I was not bored by that fight. I actually thought it was a really, really good fight. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Rock
2: 106.9 Welcome
0: back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRPK.com. Coming up at 8.45 this morning. We'll get you hooked up with a pair of tickets to see Queensryche. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Pretty excited about that myself, actually. Big fan of that band. Chucked up with those tickets around 8.45 this morning. Also at 8, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. A lot of sports. A lot of sports. Uh, Browns are zeroing in on an offensive coordinator, and I hate the choice. Okay. Hate it. I, uh... For those of you that don't know, they're looking at Todd Haley. Oh, boo! Pittsburgh Steelers (laughs) offensive coordinator just recently released, and I hate that idea. Hate it. The guy's been in two bar fights. Two bar fights. That's insane. And has been punched by a player in every team he's ever coached for. A player's ended up punching him. And you can make the argument That the Pittsburgh Steelers have under-delivered with Big Ben as their quarterback. You could make that argument that when it's all said and done, they've under-delivered when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Big Ben. I dude, I think, dude, a coach that gets in bar fights is the last thing the Cleveland Browns do, they need leadership. And getting in a bar fight as a grown man. As, as a coach in the NFL, is not leadership.
1: Yeah, I don't mind you being up in your players' asses. I don't mind so much like the, hey, a dude took a swing on him.
0: But, like, come on, man, we getting into bar fights? Come on, man. So, so now we're going to give Manziel the clipboard and let him call the plays? That, that that's, that's the idea? I don't know if I like that one. I don't know if I like it. So there was another one of these Hollywood shows right. where they, you know, get together and they all pat each other on the back for being good at what they do. I guess it was the Screen Actors Guild Awards. Okay. And uh, Aziz Ansari was up for an award, and he was not there. You may remember that an anonymous woman revealed in an article on uh, Babe.net where she detailed the events of a date with Anzari where he allegedly would not take no for an answer while they were engaged in sexual activity. Now, she then does, she did say, like, look, I went there willingly, we started making out, we got undressed, some some sexual stuff kind of happened, and then I just kind of felt like, you know what, I'm, I, dude, I'm feeling pressured to go through with sex. Okay. And then I like kind of wanted to back out. Now, no matter where, you, and I've said this, no matter where you are in the sexual like you know, um, systems of of like having sex with another person. You could be in penetration. If she says, you know, I changed my mind, let's stop. You gotta back out of there, right? And not, I'm not trying to be gross. I'm saying you need to back out of that situation yes. and allow her to get to the point where she feels all right,
1: literally and figuratively. There, um, was this like him trying to convince her into another sexual act where it's like, yes, I'm consenting to have sex with you, but if you really want butt stuff, and it's like, no, if, no, if, no, no, no. If,
0: if I remember correctly. And I'm pulling from memory, so just, you know, don't rake me over the coals if, if, if I screw this up. But if I remember correctly from reading the original story, that there had been some oral sex that had happened. Okay. And she was the recipient. Okay. And at that, and then I believe he then kind of like tried to, to urge for sex and she felt that had said like she had kind of felt pressured.
1: Okay. I mean, like uh, that I think happens. You know what I'm saying? And like then he stuck
0: his fingers down her mouth.
1: Jeez. Um, well, I yeah, mean, that's, that's, not great. that's not outside of the realm of like, hey, yes, we took, hook, you know, we were making out, took that a little too far. And all of a sudden, hey, when it comes to penetration, I don't want that. I don't feel like that's, uh, you know, that's not setting him up. You know what I mean? Like, I've, that's okay. I've
0: had this happen where you start. I mean, dude, I, I think most guys have probably had this happen where you start and there's some sexual activity going on. And then a woman's like, you know what? This isn't who I, I, I am. I don't do this. Do this. No. I got to stop doing this. I think most guys have probably been in that situation at some point. I would imagine. I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe not. Right. But he was up for one of these awards. I guess, was it um, like, I don't know, best actor in a, okay. uh, in, in a series? And they had like, they, he was nominated for his role in the Netflix series Master of None. Right. And when his name was called, I guess, dude, no applause, nothing. And it was just silent. And he didn't go either. Like, I got to give him that. Like, cause, dude, James Franco's out there like, nah, dude, I'm going to shows. I'm going to this stuff. Right. I'm not backing down. I didn't do this. And, at least in at least Aziz kind of feels like, look, I still feel like ultimately at the end of the day, we were in a more consensual situation than I had thought, and then now she feels differently, and so at, he at least feels like, you know what? I'm not pushing this issue. Let me just kind of stay out stay of it. Stay out
1: of it, but at that point, if you did not do it, Do you feel like you're essentially letting yourself get bullied at that point?
0: Yeah, but I think there's times in life, it's a lot like one back in the day when celebrities would pay for lawsuits to go away because it's faster. I feel like this is faster for Aziz Ansari. And, and I don't know what happened in his apartment. I wasn't there. Now, when I read it the first day, it did feel like, oh, bro, at some point, dude, you just got to realize she changed her mind and is saying something different, right? Like, I, I believe there's a little bit of blame on both sides there, but ultimately, at the end of the day, if she tells you no, no means no, and you got to respect that word. I just, that's how I feel about it, right? But I kind of like his take, I don't know what his take is, but I like, I like the movement of not going. Because I see what you're saying there, where it's, he looks guilty a little bit today. Yeah, by, by not does. going, you look like you're saying, hey, I did something wrong. I would totally agree with that, that that he does look a little guilty there. However, I think it's like, like I said, I think it's like paying off a frivolous lawsuit back in the day, where it's like, dude, yes, you look guilty, and you wouldn't pay if you weren't guilty of something. That's how we'll all look at it, as we thumb through you know the rags while we're waiting in line at the grocery store. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's just a faster solution to what you're looking to do to move forward from this. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. Should be pointed out, he did not win. William H. Macy did win for his role on the Showtime show Shameless, which if you're not watching Shameless, you really should. It's really good. You can get caught up with that on Netflix currently, as a matter of fact. Your next opportunity at $1,000 is next on Rock
2: 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Rock
0: 106.9. Welcome back to the Stands Show. I'm Rock 106.9. We have $1,000 for you momentarily. You'll get your next keyword. You'll have more money than either one of us. Be nice, dude. And then you can laugh at us and mock us. $1,000. Oh, my God. That would be so great. Your boy would turn that into a, uh, a set of titleless AP1s right now. Okay. That's exactly what would be on my list. Okay. That's what would be on my list. With all the football talk going around, it's almost uh, it's almost hard to believe that there's still an NBA season happening. There is. And we'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com about this coming up at 8 o'clock. But, man, the Oklahoma City Thunder put up 148 against the Cavaliers the other night.
1: Crazy, dude. And in regulation, that's not in overtime. Like, that's 148 points in a regular basketball I heard game. they had almost 80 at half. Nuts, dude! It's insane. That's nuts. That is. That's like. That's like. That's like. It's like an AAU game or an all-star game gone wrong. Where it's like, okay, like you're putting up a bunch of points, but you're not proving anything. Like, Jesus, dude. I mean, like, Cavaliers just, just, just go to the hoop. Just go ahead. Just go
0: shoot it. Yeah, like, de- so defense is the issue right now, huh? I mean, it's just like they just cannot defend anyone.
1: Um, yeah, there's a lot of issues right now, but defense is primarily the issue, and they're going to have to address it. I mean, at least if you want to go compete. And um, they found themselves in a situation where, I mean, don't get me wrong. I will stand firm to you you, you. you you don't judge a team in January. You know what I'm saying? You don't just like, I mean, they went on a tear earlier this year where they couldn't lose. And it's right. like that. No, those, those things don't necessarily matter. These streaks don't matter when it comes down to it. But if you went into the playoffs playing like you do right now, the Cavaliers are in for a rude awakening.
0: Ty Lue says he's not planning on changing his rotations despite their current uh, uh, their slump. He says he's not looking to change it. Now look, I feel like I was early, because it was last season, I think even the season before, where I've said, I feel like Ty Lue is average as an NBA coach, at best. I think if you take the best player in the world away in LeBron James, you find out real fast that Ty Lue is no better than a string of like run of the mill coaches in the NBA. I don't think he's terrible. I don't think he's the worst coach in the league, but I think he's closer to 20th than he is to fifth.
1: Well, I think the thing that, 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 that gets him the benefit of the doubt, and I think with the Cavaliers it's important, especially with the Cavaliers it's important, and the NBA it is, but especially with this team, is that he has respect of the players. And like, I know that doesn't seem like much, but like, I think when you have guys with egos like that and when you have guys that are in roles like that, having respect might be more important than having a real mastery of the X's
0: and O's. I would agree with that, However, I don't think that that's what Ty Lu has. I don't think it's respect of the players. I think it's they know they can do what they want, and they have the coach that they, that they want. And ultimately, I feel like this, too. I mean, how much coaches is he really doing? I mean, LeBron's pretty much doing you know everything. And so like this kind of like lands on his plate, too. I don't think it's that he has the respect of the players. I think LeBron knew Ty Lu ultimately now you'll see people will show me videos of Ty getting on him on the sideline and this and th- yeah in the middle of a competition things are going to happen but ultimately i'm now i don't know i'm right about this i just suspect it Right, so let me be clear about that. I suspect that it's not necessarily respect of the player, but like we can do whatever we want, which is why we want Ty Lue.
1: Um, I think that I think that no matter where LeBron went, he would feel like that. Maybe save San Antonio as the exception. Like that's probably uh, fair. But like that's that's what you're dealing with when you're dealing with a player like that. When you're dealing with a once in a generation. There's going to be special treatment. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I mean Michael was going to get special treatment. I mean that was just the way. I mean that's the way it was going to go. Well, but
1: luckily Michael was in a situation where he felt like he had a coach that was somebody. I mean like the Zen. master was who he was for a reason like so I think I think that's the thing is 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 he had a coach that could kind of match him at least on some level where I will agree a hundred percent I mean I don't think in any sense Ty Lue is LeBron's equal in, a, in in obviously basketball playing abilities but even knowledge of the game I think LeBron knows I'm sure Ty Lue knows and they both understand the dynamic that like dude not only are you better than me you're smarter than me like you're you, you are you're a better mind at this than I am I think I think they both have to know
0: that yeah I, I mean it, it be hard to argue that. I mean, LeBron seems to be a pretty smart player.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think, you know, Cerebral, they call him. One of the savviest players that have ever done it, so it just, you know, it's very hard to
0: get over that. In an era where you want to be savvy about it. Like, it's not just rolling the balls out on the court now and seeing who can run the fastest and dunk the hardest. (laughs)
1: That's what it seems like the Cavaliers games have been recently. No defense and just like, hey, go make up the offense. Like, go roll the balls out and go play, guys. I mean, it is. And and like, as as a Cavaliers honk a homer and like, the thing I I'll say is at one hand, I have very much kind of like hit the concern button for me where it's like, dude, I don't I don't know, man, things are, things are tough right now. There's another part of me that's like, just roll with it, dude. And like, you remember this feeling right now, because in June, when they're playing in the finals, you're going to look back on January and be like, Oh dude, it's okay.
0: Yeah. As long as going to the finals is, is enough for you. I would agree. I think that this team is nowhere near beating a golden state team in, in seven games. No,
1: and I mean, I think within the next two weeks, you'll see the Cavaliers kind of admit that and address that. Of course, Ty Lue right now is going to say like, well, you know, I'm not going to do anything and blah, 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 because that's a little bit of the answer that he's supposed to give. I think deep down inside and when it comes to conversations behind closed doors, everybody, and that's why you see so many trade rumors running around right now. Everybody knows something is coming.
0: See, when I read that quote, It was just the headline that I had read first, and I was like, oh my God, did they mean they're not going to make a move? Like, if you don't think you have to make a move, you got to make a move. It does seem like every season it's like, we need the other guy. Go give me another guy. It, at some point, it's like, dude, when do you have the roster where you don't? But eh, I think it's just that league now.
1: Oh, I think that's sports, man. I mean, you should always be looking to upgrade. Look at what the Patriots did Ed, and James Harrison. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you have the ability to add players and get better and prepare it. yourself, that's your responsibility, man. That's 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 how you win that championship.
0: I just, I know everybody's in love with the DeAndre Jordan move. I just don't think it's enough at this
1: point. I don't think it's enough. I mean, if that's the one and only thing you do is bring DeAndre. <coughs> Deandre Jordan. And yeah, that's not going to be enough, but I don't think it's just going to be one move. I think there's going to be multiple moves. I think there's going to be multiple guys moved around and, and come February, I think eighth is the trade deadline. You're going to have a Cavaliers team that looks significantly different. And, and, and there's going to be a part of that that's good because it's like, all right, interjected new talent, took a swing, didn't stand there with a bat on your shoulder. But at the same time, we're talking February and you're leaving yourself four or five months right there to get yourself together playing as like a, a premier team. It's, 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 it's a harder thing to do than an easier one.
0: They were asking James about the playoffs and he turned into like, what's his name from the Colts? He's playoffs! He's like, we can't even start thinking about that. He's like, not the way we're playing right now. James went on to say we could easily get bounced early in the playoffs if they were to start next weekend. Yikes. That's a far away remove from LeBron and any four bums walk out of the East. That's
1: um that's that's good, and I'm glad I'm glad to hear him say that, and I hope he's I hope he's taking that message and with anything, maybe screaming it louder at at his co- at his teammates there, because like honestly, if you're gonna go out there and give up 148 points, and don't get me wrong, Oklahoma City's a high powered offense, but like if you're gonna give up 148 points, dude, you have zero shot winning. You do.
0: Yeah, they are, but they're not that high powered every night. I think this was perfect storm that they have the guys who can do this to you and we just are not playing defensive basketball right now and at some point I mean do defense has kind of gone away in the NBA and the NFL to b- both the leagues a little bit more than it should recently but I mean the Cavs are pretty bad yeah at
1: yeah, it. yeah yeah yeah. I mean yes you can talk about the overall slouching of the concept of defense but it's like you still have to go play it like it's not like I mean yeah, it's not like you can just be like well we'll just see who can score more like no you you gotta get out there and do it, man.
0: If they get bounced in the playoffs, oh. which, by the way, I want you to respond to this. Chris Broussard now, yeah, says, and he's close with the LeBron camp says now that the the messaging out of his camp is now shifting and Chris Broussard says dude he's starting to put his eggs in the get ready he's leaving basket that guys in his camp are already starting to kind of murmur about it and talk about it that it's here and that he's gonna go
1: luckily he got six months of basketball to convince him otherwise I mean you know what I'm saying like I mean that's that's all I can say is that hopefully the Cavaliers understand that that's the reality of it
0: and the urgency strikes them do you have any uh, opinion on on the people who are like, you can't let it happen to you again. You got to trade him before that. Although he's got a no trade clause, right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. he can't. He would have to request a trade. You can't just. Trade I was LeBron, somebody was like, no. I trade LeBron, and I was like, guys, dude, average NBA players have no trade clauses. Yeah, 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 if, yeah, if they can have it, yeah, LeBron's yeah, got. It. Yeah, well, and you've seen it coming before.
1: But the thing is, it doesn't matter that it's happened before. Like, all that matters is what you have in front of you right now. And people are like, well, you, know, if he leaves, you got to have that draft pick to rebuild with. And it's like, dude, you think that you think that seventh or eighth draft pick in the NBA lottery is going to replace LeBron? No. no, of course not. Admit that when he leaves, it's all done. It's all falling apart. You're going to go back to being the one of the worst teams in the league, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I am because it's like the... the Got a ring. Right. Well, the moment of now is all that matters is because it, you, you, can't, you can't live for this. Like, well, we're going to one day without LeBron, you'll have your opportunity to get high draft picks because you're going to be the most piss-poor organization in the NBA. So let it happen.
0: There's an argument out there that people are saying that what he's trying to do now is devalue the Cavaliers leave the Cavaliers, devalue it even further, so when he comes back to buy it, he can get it on the bargain.
1: Um, I mean that uh, that doesn't seem that doesn't uh, to me uh, like I I don't know if you're necessarily looking for that because wouldn't you want to buy the organization that, uh, when it's worth its most when it, you know what I'm saying like when like no we, I wouldn't want to pay a
0: ton of money well, for um, it
1: but it's not he's not going to be able to rebuild it why would you want to buy that organization when it's busted and broken
0: and like oh I disagree I think once he buys it now players around the league who are legit go oh dude LeBron's in charge right and How, so like I'll go play for LeBron but
1: when he doesn't but if he doesn't he doesn't he won't have the ability to go out there and win those. Games in his own hands. So I feel like he's going to like. That's just true. So so now all of a sudden it's like, dude, I bought this crap team and they still suck. And all right,
0: I go, well, I got a draft pick and they still suck. I mean, aren't they? I mean, don't pro teams print money no matter what? I mean, isn't it one of those things they kind of just print money?
1: But then at that point, it, it, yes. But I would buy a better money printing machine. I would. I, I would try to get my name on the best one I could. I would rather have
0: a better money printing machine as well. But again, man, you're talking about a guy who's already got a billion dollars. So like, if if, if who's staring down the end of his playing career. So if you're but him, wh- aren't you looking for a bargain? But
1: why would he want to buy the Cavaliers after he already left them? Because he has no loyalty to them, right? He doesn't want them. He doesn't. He has no ties to Northeast Ohio. He doesn't know us anything. So now he's leaving again. But then he's going to come back and buy it. Why wouldn't he just buy another team? I,
0: I well th- it, there is an argument for that. I think the answer would be though is that that's how he gets forgiven again. It's like he leaves you as a player and everybody hates him again. It's burning jersey it's a, we hate LeBron, and then he comes back and buys him, and now you forgive him again. I don't know. it seems a little convoluted, it seems a little long con, but he is the most like thought out strategic passive-aggressive player we've seen in any sport in the history of sports. And so I don't think it's crazy. I think it's unlikely. I don't think it's crazy. Your shot at $1,000 is right now.
2: Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword CASH to 200-200. You'll get a text-confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's CASH to 200-200. Rock. 106.9 106.9 the stansberry show we may not be a global epidemic yet on iHeartRadio. this is a dream come true canton's rock station rock
0: 106.9 what's up guys you got Stansbury here you should know by now about a year ago i bought a car from the wacom auto family and Wakeham made it really easy on me i was really nervous about my credit you know there were some gaps in my employment history and i had some credit issues and because I had some credit issues, that's actually what made the Wacom Auto Mile the perfect place for me to be because Wacom has specific teams on site whose only job is for credit approval and special financing loans. Wakeham's size obviously gives them an advantage as they're working with 30 banks and credit unions. Plus, they also have 1,500 different vehicles for you to choose from. That gives them some options for both you and them to work with. If you're making $350 per week, then the answer at Wakeham is yes. If you're making Just $350 per week, that on the Wakem Auto Mile can turn into up to $30,000 worth of credit. It's easy to start the process. Check out Wakem.com. That's W A I K E M.com. And don't be worried. No social security number is required. Start online at Wakem.com or just swing by the Wakem Auto Mile like I did. Do what I did. Save the Wakem way. Six nine. Show on Rock 106.9. I actually just looked through my Facebook memories, and my Facebook memory, I believe it was from this time, it was this day last year, it was like, love him or hate him, Tom Brady's the greatest to ever do it, and you were alive to see it, <laughs> and sure enough, here we sit again today, man, that guy's just incredible. Dude.
1: After After watching that game yesterday afternoon, I mean... Obviously, the Super Bowl will tell the story of this year, but like, how how is he not? Like, I don't understand it, and it, it's crazy to me because I almost feel like I'm a slave to the moment because it's like, well, dude, you think LeBron's the best, and you think Tom Brady's the best, and you're in this moment, you're watching him. Mean, if this would have been 25 years ago, you'd no, you're be saying lucky, you'd be saying Joe Montana and Jordan. But like, I, 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 I don't well, that, I don't know how you can't look at Tom Brady and think he's the greatest of all time. He,
0: here's why that would have been okay. You would have been right then, and you're right now. You know what I mean? You in in that moment when Montana and Jordan were doing their thing, you would have been right. But now things shifted. You know what I mean? And I think I think Tom Brady is probably better than Joe Montana ultimately. If we're going cuz everybody always wants to say LeBron can't be better than Jordan because of the ring issue, right? Well, Brady's got more rings than Montana. So what are we talking about? You can't switch the argument then when it when it no longer fits the narrative you want. At the end of the day, of course,
1: winning championships is a part of your overall success. I think there's other factors that play into the greatness there, but like, yes, it has to be a part of it. But just, I mean, look at look at the look at the longevity of what Tom Brady's been able to do. I think I just saw something on ESPN where it's like, um, since 2003, there's only been four quarterbacks. In the in the NFL that have represented the AFC in the Super Bowl because Tom Brady has just been just dominating for so long and there's like there's you know and it's Peyton Manning it's Ben Roethlisberger and it's him. I saw
0: this yesterday too and people just people love to discredit greatness, right? And so I saw a guy posting this yesterday and he's a Tom Brady hater. He was like, "Yeah, he's amazing, but you gotta admit it's easier to play into your 40s now than ever before in the NFL." Now, I would make the argument that you're probably right about that. However... You can't knock Tom Brady for taking care of his body well enough to be able to do it. Sorry, dude, but back in the '80s and '90s, when you were watching the NFL games, and those dudes were really tough, dude, those guys were smoking cigarettes after games. They were eating rib dinners. This guy won't have a beer all season long. That's why he can play till he's 41 years old. Is because he Lebron's the same way.
1: Well, and of course, like the sports science has gotten better, like the training's gotten better, and those are all valid points. But like, I mean, show me who else has done it. So you can't act like, well, dude, it's so much easier to do nowadays. It's not like everybody's out there doing it. Who are you going to point at? The, what was that kicker?
0: Janikowski that was kicking until he was 48 years old? Here's the other thing. Name me name me the Hall of Famer Brady plays with. Name me the Hall of Fame receiver he had. Um, it, well,
1: the thing is, is, he's definitely had, I think, elite... Uh, Cope teammates, but he's done it with and without them. I mean, he's had guys, he's had dudes who I, I think I mean he's had Hall of Famers on his team, but he's done it with them, and then he went and did it without him. Then he did it with other guys, no and mat- then he went and did
0: it with other guys. No matter so, like, who's on the, who no matter who's on the end, no matter who's catching the ball, Tom Brady makes touchdowns happen. They didn't win the title when Randy Moss played New England. Randy didn't get a title with New England. The best wide receiver he's ever had, and they didn't win the title. Normally, dude, he's throwing to a bunch of no-name guys or takes guys who would be no-name guys and turns them into household names. He's the greatest quarterback the game has seen. Now, you can make the argument that Aaron Rodgers is more talented that has more abilities and talent, but Green Bay hasn't surrounded him with the right kind of defense for him to win enough. You can make the argument that Aaron Rodgers might have more natural ability than Tom Brady, but Tom knows how to get it done. And I mean, this is an era, too.
1: Like, There's a lot of really good quarterbacks who have played in in Tom Brady's, you know, in the time that he's played. I mean, like... Drew Brees, an damn good all star, elite, great, great of all time. Not Big the ben. greatest of all time. Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning. I mean, like our Pey- Peyton Manning. Like I mean, both uh, Like I mean, legit elite talents. And it just he still time and time and time again rises above other other quality teams, other quality players, and gets it done. I don't know how you don't view him as the greatest.
0: We've been robbed of the Big Ben Brady playoff picture. I think that's only happened like twice. I think it's only happened twice, and this guy's making a great point. John, thanks for this. Two real Hall of Famers Brady's had. Moss and Gronk are probably like, and dude, Gronk last year, wasn't it? Dude, they they lost him, won the Super Bowl anyway. He goes down that game yesterday, wins the game anyway. You guys can knock systems all you want. You keep knocking systems. I'll tell you what right now. 31 other teams in the NFL need to adopt a system and stop. Notice this too. New England's the one team in the league where players aren't allowed to kneel. They're not allowed to talk about stuff. They're not allowed to be like, this is my platform. And what happens? They win. They win. 31 other teams, it's my platform, I'm allowed to say what I want, blah, 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 and then you get blown out week in and week out. The NFL's got to get their arms around this stuff and go, look, dude, look at the way New England does it. It's not players' voices, it's all for one. It's the team, and they win. That's the system. These guys, they sound like car makers in the 80s. It's unfair. Dude, buy a Toyota, take it back to the shop, tear it apart and figure out how they did it. I've been saying that for 20 years, and as a matter of fact, the car industry did do that, and sure enough, look at the bounce back. Dude, quit, I mean, dude, quit letting these dudes run off at the mouth and make sure that they're practicing.
1: The Patriots did have guys kneel this year.
0: How many? Because dude, normally bra- cause dude didn't they rush that one guy out? Like dude didn't they take that guy out after he had said something in the post game? Um, I, and I think they folded that one dude we, out. All right, got, that's a lot.
1: We've got 15 guys right that's there. That's
0: a lot. Okay, I would agree you that's a lot. So that's a misspeak there on my part. But notice that in post-games, dude, those guys aren't talking about social issues. They're talking about getting it done. Because Bill Belichick doesn't put up with madness. 31 other teams need to adopt the system everybody likes to tell me is responsible for everything. Their system, by the way, New England's system, is by being better than you. By doing, that's Bill Belichick's whole thing. Do your job. Don't worry about anything else. Do your job. I I don't know how much more clear you needed to make it. 31 other teams need to be doing this. Look at what Seattle does. All those defensive players running their mouth about cops and this and that. Meanwhile, one of them blamed a Las Vegas cop. Turned out it didn't happen running their mouths about cops what happens you get bounced do what the patriots do dude worry about the football game and beat everybody in front of you systems they work they worked for acdc they worked for pearl jam and they're working for the new england patriots more Sansbury show right around the corner hang on. rock 106.9
2: 845 get you up with some
0: queen's tickets also 8 o'clock we'll talk to Scott from WinningFNX.com. Get his take on LeBron, what's happening there, what the move might be. Also AFC NFC Championship games yesterday. Get a look at ahead of that, find out what he feels about Todd Haley. It looks like the Browns are maybe uh are thinking about Todd Haley as offensive coordinator. Now I would agree that the Browns do need an offensive coordinator, and I would agree that it's hard to go anywhere but up. Uh, in the organization right now, having gone you know 0 and 16 last year, only winning the one game prior, but an offensive coordinator that gets into bar fights in this decade as a coach in the NFL. Dude, that's decision-making, and I've seen enough of it to know where it's like, mm, maybe not.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't want to put a guy in power that's going to end up like, hey, man, I can't make it in on Sunday because I got in a bar fight. <laughs> just... <laughs> like, like, and somebody's going to say to me,
0: well, you know, I mean, it's in Pittsburgh, and, you know, he's a recognizable guy and this and that. It, dude, it's you're the grown-up. It's your responsibility to get yourself out of that situation.
1: Yeah, you know that guys are going to want to start something right. with you. You know you're going to find yourself in situations after you lose a playoff game. There's going to be some a-hole that comes up to you and blah, 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 and you got to get
0: out of that. Some, yeah, I mean, it's on you at that point. All I know is that this team is not organized enough, talented enough to be dealing with coaches that are now getting into scraps and bars. Yeah, it's
1: tough enough with players. You know what I'm saying? Causing <laughs> right. external distractions. But once your coaches start doing that, that's a good point. I didn't necessarily know all of this about uh, about this offensive coordinator candidate.
0: Um, I want somebody, but that does cause me to pause. He draws up plays. I, I'm, I'm not going to knock that, although and I'm going to keep hitting it over the head. You can make the argument they've under-delivered with Big Ben as their as their quarterback. I know he's got the Super Bowl. I know that. You can make the argument they have under-delivered, especially when the fact that you think they do that he and Brady have only played twice in the playoffs. That sounds a little bit under-delivered to me when you got a Hall of Fame quarterback. You've had great wide receivers there. You've had a running game forever. You've had an offensive line forever. So you can make arguments. Now, look, is, would it be an upgrade for what the Browns got going on on the offensive side of the ball right now? A little bit. Probably. I just think a there's bit. a risk-reward situation going on there with Todd Ailey, and I worry that the risk a little higher than the reward that may be left in that chest. We all know that the opioid or, I'm sorry, addiction problem is a problem. I mean, we've had mobile morgues installed down here in Stark County. We've seen this. Ohio, I think, is like fourth in the nation in it.
1: If you don't recognize this as a problem right now, it must be nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it must be nice to have your head that far. I'm yeah, the I, uh,
0: I would agree. As a matter of fact, I saw a guy nodding out behind the wheel of a car over the weekend where I felt like, okay, that I don't know for sure, but that looks drug-related.
1: Yeah, anytime anytime I see somebody, like, in a parking lot with their head kind of down, it's like, well, maybe they're looking at the phone, but nope, they're overdosing. No. Like, I mean, it's just the way it is. An
0: Akron school board member. Overdosed in his car Thursday night. Was administered four doses of naloxone before being taken to a hospital for treatment. John Otterman found unconscious in the front seat of his car on East Cuyahoga Falls Avenue around uh, about 10 to 8 that evening. After EMS gave him the the naloxone, he was taken to Summa, Akron City for some treatment. As his car was being prepared for towing, they found a folded uh, folded piece of paper inside the console of his vehicle that contained like... 0.4 0. 0.4 grams of the white powdered substance. Now, um, for those of you that don't know, that's kind of how they will pack it: heroin, fentanyl, those kind of drugs. They'll make like you know homemade like envelopes is what they call them with just like scrap pieces of paper. They also found about a half a gram of marijuana in the car as well. They tested the uh, the substance and they found that it to be fentanyl. While talking to the police at the hospital, Otterman uh, admitted to possessing the illegal drugs. He was charged with possession of marijuana and issued an immunity form in lieu of arrest for possession of fentanyl in Ohio. The good Samaritan law offers immunity for people who overdose and want to seek assistance for their addiction. So I believe last July he had pleaded guilty to disorderly conduct after police found him in his vehicle, with slurred speech and glazed over eyes and Xanax pills were on him. He said, however, that back then the pills did not belong to him. He received a 30 day suspended jail sentence and was fined, just under $300, which doesn't sound harsh enough at all.
1: I, I, like, I like how you can, you can use your 13-year-old excuse of like, oh, yeah, it's not mine. I'm holding it for a friend. Like, what? what? It's like, how, how are you not in jail for that?
0: The Akron School Board President Patrick Bravo tells News 5 that Otterman was the member who proposed that officers at Akron Public Schools carry Narcan. The proposal passed 5-1 to one in July. Um, well, that they, makes sense. They say it's too early to tell whether or not he should resign. Really? I mean, really? Well,
1: I guess you have to say that until it's like, hey, we've gone through the entire criminal proceedings.
0: Uh, You know what I mean? Okay, maybe. But really? I mean, admitted to the drugs, you OD'd in the car you're in possession of not one but two drugs you're not a le- you're not legally allowed to have yes i mean all this seems
1: very common sense to me i'm sure it's just one of those things that it's like you know legally they probably have to they can't fire the guy until it's become you know yeah, that's it, probably it, 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 it's
0: ran down the the, court, the field there here's why this story was a big deal for me okay especially in the weekend of government shutdown, it's the Dems' fault. It's Republicans' fault. Repugs, libtards, which, by the way, once you go to Repugs or libtard, I know not to listen to you anymore, just so you know. Like, at that point, I know you're just retweeting blogs and you just want to be right, right? At that point, once you're using terminology like that, I know I can't trust you, okay? But in the, in, in the midst of a government shutdown, what I thought about was this Akron School Board member. Because here we all are. On Twitter and Facebook and all these social media sites at each other's throats about the government. And yet, I'm willing to bet if I ask most people who are the school board members of where their kid goes to school, you don't know.
2: You don't know. That's don't.
0: nuts. Like, there's a, like, now look, I'm not on you. I'm on us. I'm on all of us. Cause at that point, shouldn't that be more important to us? Who's making the decisions on the school board of where you send your kid to be educated? Should You would almost think you would be more invested in that than you would be on who the president is
1: yes yes i
0: be concerned it. on both
1: I, I i mean yes and if you're going to be concerned on one you may as well be concerned on both and like that's that's always been a frustrating thing to me is people who have such strong opinions about like well whatever the news story is oh the shutdown and blah 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 and it's like well dude if you can't if you can't tell me who your you know your city council representative is if you can't tell me you know who represents you on the school board it's like well then you're really not paying attention like you said you're just using hashtags you're just calling me a libtard like it's it, 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 yes it, that's a very glaring hypocrisy in people's outrage in their involvement for sure i
0: i just think we're a little complacent in these in these races in these local things that can really affect your day in a day out life and yet you want to pretend and this is all of us not and this is me too where we all want to pretend we're so knowledgeable and invested in what's going on with the national government and we're not I, um,
1: I'm not surprised at all to hear the find This was the guy who came up with the idea to introduce Narcan into schools.
0: No, because he knows the problem's well, real, yeah,
1: right? He knows the problem's real and he knows the danger of it. And I guess that's something that like, I mean, I'm not trying to pat the guy on the back or anything, but at least that guy
0: had the, uh, no, cause that was selfish. Well,
1: at the very least, I mean, at least he understood that like, Hey, because to me, there's a part of me that was like, dude, if I was, if I was the, if I was the school board member and I was the one on drugs and I was trying to hide it, I would probably go the opposite direction where I'd be like, no, Nar- Narcan, of course no Narcan, oh, you know, like, trying like, to get people off, your, off, your, off your, your scent, off your trail there. Like gay people who are homophobic. Right, where I'd be like, no, no, you know, like 100%, we can't let this Narcan into schools because then we're going to give
0: kids the opportunity. So I'm glad he had the... I think you're adding a lot of logic to the drug riddled mind
1: fair I mean I, I'm just I'm I'm, glad this guy decided that he wanted Narcan in schools
0: yeah I I mean it's it's a little visionary out there I know a lot of people have issues with it but I just think I mean dude the problem's so bad now where it's um, like I said just I remember on the onset of like when this problem really started to hit like you know home for a lot of us and i remember you know people were like you can't do that and i gotta pay for this and taxes for this and i remember saying that when it, w- w- with an epidemic and that's what the opioid problem is it's an epidemic that there is no silver bullet so you start firing clips until you find out what does work we have a shot of a thousand dollars and we also have scott from WinningForNextYear.com. you get both next on rock 106 Six 9 Welcome back to the Stands Ray Show on Rock 106.9 online for you to hub at We have a $1,000 up for grabs here momentarily. We do have Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. Let's talk to him. Scott, my man, how are you?
3: Not too bad. Thanks, guys.
0: I, uh, so my first question is, is the league out to help the New England Patriots win more titles?
3: <laughs> I, I, I don't think they're out to help the New England Patriots, but they certainly don't do themselves any favors in terms of optics. Um, you know, we all have the ability to rewind and see screen and screen grab things. And I mean, I, you know, I do it plenty, um, you know, but when you, when you see officials congratulating players, when they score touchdowns and, and things like that, it, 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 it does get a little fishy. And um, I, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, um, but it's it certainly from a league standpoint, um, you know, it doesn't look good when you're, you know, when you try to, you know, make it look like you're at least, being a little bit unbiased
0: yeah i would agree that some of the referee like celebrating after the game with brady like dude the the ref was one of the first guys to walk up to brady and like shake his hand like
3: yeah that video is hysterical number number 34 first to congratulate him
0: yeah there's not that's not great however the game is over and you are a referee and you are watching greatness like right in front of you like isn't there a little bit of like it's probably just human
3: yeah. Oh no. So they're definitely human. Um, not just greatness, but a guy with a, a busted up hand. You know the the you know we as fans we look at the big picture, right? We look at the last decade of of this team just dominating, and and you know some people want nothing but to see them you know fall flat on their face or the or the dynasty be over. Um, you know when you when these these are you these know, these officials aren't refing or, or or officiating these games. In the large context of you know our feelings, so you know there's there's more to yesterday's game than than, than everything that you know we've 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 grown to hate. But yeah, there's there's some human element. But again, you know it's not like those guys aren't going to be behind the you know in the in the locker room to congratulate if they need to. Um, you know, just like in, in the NBA when they run off the floor, you know the players and the officials run off the floor together um you know you if 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 an official wanted to say something to a player congratulate him you know there's plenty of places that do it where there's not you know a national broadcast taking place at the same time so again you know i i don't think the, the league was out to help them but it certainly didn't look great um you know if you're if you're one of those jags fans who think that uh somebody was you know if you're one of the four jags fans who feel that uh you know, things were, were, uh, were working against you throughout the entire second half.
0: I would have to agree. I think ultimately do the Patriots are just that good at what they do. I want to move to the Browns now if I can. I, uh, we'll get to the Cavs here in a second. Phantom chomping at the bit to talk Cavs with you. But the Browns are closing in on what looks like it's going to be Todd Haley as the offensive coordinator. And I got to be honest with you, buddy. I don't like it. What? I mean, dude, the guy got in two different bar fights in this last decade. I mean, dude, as an NFL coach in this decade, you don't know that that's not the way you should be doing stuff. Um, you can make the argument. I'm not one of them particularly, but you can make the argument that you've had Big Ben, a future Hall of Famer, as your quarterback, and that you've underdelivered. Every team the guys coached, a player's punched him. Like, there's just, it seems like there are red flags. Now, look, it's going to be an upgrade because we need an offensive coordinator, and I think you could probably do worse than Todd Haley. I would agree with that. It's just the decision-making of Debar bar fight as an NFL coach, it just strikes me as odd, dude.
3: Yeah, I can see that. Um, you know, I also think, weirdly, that's something that the city would embrace. Um, yeah, you but know, that just given the, <laughs> I
0: mean, just cause Brown's fans are dumb, doesn't mean like, well, let's just keep feeding the dumb. Like, that's crazy. No, I,
3: I know. But you know, they, so the, you know, there's a lot of, you know, to your, to your point, the, 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 the rhetoric on the, you know, he, he's had big Ben, he has Antonio Brown, he has Le'Veon Bell, blah, blah, blah. Uh, on the flip side, I've also seen a lot of people say, you know, there was that fourth and one call he had last week where. You know, he they could have easily snuck it, ran it up the gut, and probably moved the chains, but they pitched it out wide, and the fast Jacksonville defense just beat Levy on Bell to the corner. You know, Todd, Todd Haley is much more than that one play. I mean, he so you know the, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Um, but that truth, even in the middle, is exponentially more than what the Browns had a season ago. Um, you know, and I the you know I've seen a lot. Of, there's been a lot of names bubble up, and that's been an interesting thing to kind of watch is that all of these head coaches or, or high-end offensive coordinators who are being fired, whether it's Ben McAdoo, Todd Haley, Mike Malarkey, the, the immediate ties after the news drops of their demise has been with the Browns, which I think has been very telling from a, you know, if, 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 if this was such a dumpster fire, um, you know, from a, 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 a potential, you know, growth story, I guess, I guess you can't get much worse if I 16, but, you know, you, you see a lot of the stuff about, like, Josh Rosen not wanting to come to Cleveland. I mean, these coaches could land anywhere, um, and you're seeing a lot of them take their first interviews with the Browns. So, if anything, I, 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 you know, you hope they choose the right one. Um, you know, McAdoo's had his ups and downs as well. Uh, Malarkey's had his ups and downs as well um You know, but you know the fact that they're even considering the Browns, I think, is 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 a good thing. If I'm a, if I'm a Cleveland fan, yeah. But
0: aren't they only considering the Browns because they feel like they're probably going to get Hugh fired and then take over the head coaching job? Like, aren't isn't that why they're coming? Is because they? Think I they're... I
3: can't imagine Todd Haley thinks he's getting a head coaching gig. um But I mean, okay. you know, it is it is a bit of a more fragile situation. I, I will give you that. I, I can't imagine anybody's taking that job with the with the thought that they can undermine their head coach over the first year and then and, 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 and somehow get away with it and get promoted for it. But, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I'm far from conspiracy guys, so I'm, I kind of take things on the, on the cover a little bit and then let them play out.
1: Yeah, and I mean, sometimes that is the way you have to do it in the NFL, especially as we deal with the Cleveland Browns is like, well, we can we can sit here and speculate and think about the hypotheticals all we want, but until it happens, you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> it's a mess. Um, and speaking of, it is what it is, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they are what they are right now, which is not very good at defense. And I am a Cavaliers honk. I'm a Cavaliers homer. I will apologize for them up and down, but I'm finding a lot of, I'm finding less and less reasons to be optimistic optimistic Right now, give us a little state of what's happening with that team, and, and if anything, what we should feel good about as Cavaliers fans.
3: The if there's anything you should feel good about is that this team is in multiple trade discussions and realizes that this current roster is not going to get them over the hump. Um, you know, that it was there's an inherent danger in having an old roster, um, an inherent danger in having an old roster that doesn't practice, and an in inherent danger in having an old roster that doesn't practice that needs to implement guys either coming back from injury or just being new with the team in some capacity. Um, and when you have all of that kind of coming to a head and you have teams, uh, you know, like golden state, for instance, who, who, who feel like they have the same players on their roster for the last decade. Um, you know, things get, get to go a little more smoothly. Um, you know, the playoffs with LeBron said, it. the playoffs could start tomorrow and the Warriors would be ready to go. And the Cavaliers are very, very far from from being in, in, in a position where they can succeed at that at that at that level. Um so the fact that they're in, in interested in, in in improving this team with the assets they have, I think is the is the one thing you have to hang your hat on. Now what they do and how they do it remains to be seen, but they're at least acknowledging that there's an issue. They wouldn't there wouldn't be multiple trade rumors if this team thought they were in a good place to compete right now. So they're you know everyone's aware. Um just a matter of how you get it fixed.
1: What trades do you feel like are realistic? What trades do you feel are ideal? And I mean, like where, where, I mean, where does this team stand February the 9th?
0: There's no player that beats Golden State.
3: No, there's no one player. No, Um, you know, the, you know, the, I, and I, not to kind of spoil, you know, piece I'm working on right now. um, You know, the, the worst, the worst thing about the Thunder improving over the last couple of weeks. I mean, they were 12 and 14 in December. Um, and, and suddenly they're 26 and 20, and they're, in the, they're they're just a few games behind San Antonio for the fourth spot in the West. Um, you know, had that uh, experiment failed, uh, it, you know, as it was earlier in the year, uh, I think Paul George was a reasonable, a reasonable candidate to come over here. Um, and I, you know, I think he, if if something doesn't happen, and the Cavs do not get back to the NBA Finals for whatever reason, you know, he's going to be the one who got away. Uh, you know, given how close they were to acquiring him this summer, you know, the unfortunate part is, you know, then that led to the Kyrie Irving trade, which has really netted nothing uh, substantially as of right now. I mean, Isaiah Thomas scored a, a, a bunch of points on Saturday, but uh, you know, I was the, he is 496th in the NBA in, in net defensive rating right now, wow. um, which is the eighth worst among players who have played wow. seven games or more um, in, in the entire league. Um, you know, so, they're, that that's not good, and you know they they need to figure something out, and there's a reason that they're look they're they're the the trade rumors are surrounding the center position and the point guard position. So I don't know if George Hill and DeAndre Jordan do it, and they get you they get you over the hump, but they would certainly get this team younger and and more energetic on the defensive end.
0: There's a, there's always been in like a theory in the NBA with a trade lose the star, lose the trade. And I've heard multiple national sports guys repeat that. Lose the star, lose the trade. You lost Kyrie Irving. Ultimately, you probably lost out on that trade. Chris Broussard's podcast, he was saying the other day, he's close with people in the LeBron camp who are already starting it. They're saying now at the beginning of the season, he didn't know what he was going to do. They're starting to say now that the rumor is he's starting to let it out. He wants out. He wants to go. What do you think the chances are LeBron leaves Cleveland again?
3: Oh, he's you know he's a prisoner of the moment. Um, you know if if that's true, uh, and that's, and that's an easy story to tell right now, given how
2: how bad, how, how, how bad
3: the team is playing. I, uh, I don't think I don't think the likelihood of him leaving has changed at all over the last couple of weeks. Okay. Um, but I do but I do think you know it's it's you know he structured this deal in a way, and not that he thought that Griff was not going to be retained. But it's a, it's a, it's a kind of put up or shut up. You know, you're, you, it's, and it, it's, and it's a, and it's not an easy situation to be in if you're, if you're Kobe Altman in the Cavs front office, because you can make moves to sacrifice the future in hopes of retaining him, uh, you know, to, to better yourself for this season. But he's going to sign ultimately where he thinks the better situation is going forward as well. So if you put them all in there for this year and whatever this roster is that, that gets you there isn't retained almost in full, um, you know, I don't know how you how you sell him on on staying. So it'll be a very precarious situation. But I, not to discredit Chris, but I don't think I don't think uh, that 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 tide has changed at all right now.
0: Looks pretty good in the Houston Rockets uniform, if you ask me. That's Scott from Year dot com. Buddy, we'll talk to you again next Monday at eight. We appreciate it. Take care, guys. We also have another shot at a thousand dollars. Your keyword is right
2: now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword LOCK to 200-200. You'll get a text-confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Spirit Show, Rock
0: 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. Around 845, we'll get you hooked up with these Queensryche tickets. As they're playing the Hard Rock Roxino May 4th. I'll send you to see Queensryche. It's a band I really like, actually. They're good. Yeah, I dig that band. Oh, yeah. Not the worst. A little, uh, little intricate for what was mostly popular in the late 80s, early 90s. Like, they were a little bit better than most of that. Yeah. Most of that stuff that's going on could actually really play. Songs were a little deeper. Not a bad band there. I Don't Believe in Love is a song I always really, really liked. I'll probably go to that. like that band. So we'll get choked up with those around 845. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. Um... I got sucked into one of these articles, like one of these advice articles on like dates. You can take somebody on that are better than dinner. And I would, and one of the reasons I got sucked into this is I believe I'm guilty of this. Like I'm, I believe I'm guilty of a very antiquated dating system. When, um, when I find out that there's a possibility, then my, my first plan is to go with the old standard. And sometimes old standards are that because of how great they were, but it's probably not a bad idea every once in a while to rethink the system and find a new approach. I'm surprised that you automatically go to dinner just because you're very self-conscious
1: about how you eat. I'm surprised that that's not like a wait, two, three, four, five, six dinner. Well, I have a system. That happens.
0: I do have a system on first dates. I don't eat anything I'll have to pick up with my hands. Okay. So I very, I, I, cause I just feel like that's where the human being really slouches is the eating with the hands. So if I go on a first date 95% of the time unless I'm already pretty comfortable with you right. I pick something that has to be cut little knife little you know little knife and fork there.
1: Easier to slow down at that point too. You can you know build in kind of little speed bumps of like all right put your fork and knife down for a second and don't just pick up the lasagna and shove
0: it in your face. I've never seen anything that could be picked up with my hands that couldn't be finished in four bites. And so like, yes, I feel like, I feel like, you know, on the plate, deep little pasta twirl around the spoon. there. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there is a little bit of a slowdown, but it definitely is part of my thought process on like picking a restaurant. Makes sense. Okay. So a couple of things they say here that you could do that are better than like going out on dinner, you know, for dinner. And right now, one of these you can do right downtown here. As a matter of fact, I watched people doing it Friday night when I was walking to the bar and they say ice skating is a really good like first or second date. They say, yes, even if you both suck at it. They say, especially if you suck at it. Because that was my first thing, is like, dude, I'm terrible at it. As a matter of fact, the last time I ice skated at all was at a Lake Erie Monsters game as we were doing something in between the periods. We had to grab the bike and be like, eh, get your pucks out. Like one of those things for them, right? And I held the railing and just, like, kind of scooted the whole way because I cannot ice skate to save my life.
1: Yeah, I ice skated last year on the, um, the downtown Canton ice skating rink, and I was terrible at it. My girlfriend a lot better, but I think that was one of those things. And now, different because we weren't like first dating it. I think that was one of those things she really enjoyed because she was so much better at it than me. Usually, if we go like, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, hey, we'll play foosball over here. Usually, I'm better at stuff than her. So, I think for her to like watch me suck, I think that was very like, oh, yeah. It was a satisfaction. I moment can maybe for teach
0: her. him something. Right, right. There's, there's, Oh, yeah. And there's, th- th- that's going to win you some huge points, right. I would imagine. Yeah, I would walk by that ice rink downtown Friday night. Dude, there was like a makeshift hockey game going on. Jeez. And actually, dude, I stopped and watched it. Check him I, I him. was on my way to the bar. Yeah, there was like a family. It's like they had their kids out there. You could tell them multiple generations or whatever, and they're all just playing hockey in that rink. And I just ended up watching that game for about five minutes. I can
1: roller skate. I can roller blade. But dude, you put me on those those skates, and I just feel like I feel like Bambi. I'm just like I can barely stand up. Dude. See,
0: I've always hated that because people are like, if you can roller skate, you can ice skate. And I'm like, no, dude. Like rollers, it's like a car. Where roller skates have four wheels, like a car, and. An ice skate is kind of like singular there, more like along the lines of a motorcycle. I don't think it's crazy to tell people who drive a car that just because you can drive a car doesn't mean you can ride a motorcycle. It's a different thing. You have to learn a different thing. I've never understood the correlation between there. Now, I haven't tried rollerblading in a long, long time because I don't even think people do that anymore. I don't think so. It's uh, inline skating or whatever. It's, that's one of those things. I, 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 tried it when it first came out and dude, the road rash on my face was enough. I was like, I'm done. I was
1: good as a kid, but I just can't, I just can't like translate that, that skill into ice skates. It's just different for me.
0: I remember when I asked for those, I think it was Christmas or something, a birthday or something. I remember my dad was so mad because of how much money they were and he knew I wasn't going to oh, get it. He knew it. you weren't going to do anything <laughs> with them. He knew, he knew I wasn't going to get it. So he just thought about how hard he had to work to buy, to buy those and I was going to waste it as we're talking about different date ideas. I the first, second date to like kind of throw, you know, a wrench in it. And then, you know, but a good way is to like, you know, get out of your comfort zone. They say the ultimate night in, and I would disagree if you're going out with somebody the first night. Don't bring them over to your house. That's so Netflix and chill. This generation, we're we're too cool to think anything's exciting or fun. And I just feel like, dude, aren't you almost going to creep a woman out?
1: Yeah, unless you already have like an uh, like an established friendship with that person, inviting them over to date one in your home that feels that feels like a bad move. They to say
0: make. identify what she what is her favorite thing to eat. Find a way to make. And I would agree. You cook for a woman, dude, and their clothes automatically come off. It is one of those kind of things. Sorry, ladies. There are stereotypes that are true. If you can, if you have a little bit of skill in the kitchen, 90% of the time, dude, you're probably going to get some action. But I feel like that's third or fourth date stuff there where it's like you've been out a couple of times. You know what? Why don't you just come by and I'll make something?
1: Yeah. I mean, like, okay, so, hey, you asked this girl out and, and what are you going to text? her? You're going to be like, hey, what's your favorite meal? We're going to cook that. That is for date four,
0: five, six, as opposed to one. That's sure. not a first date idea, in my opinion, at all. They say learning each other's hobbies. Again, why would this be on first date? First dates are I go out, we go out, we try to figure out who we are. I'm just learning what your hobbies are. How am I going to know what your hobbies are before we go out?
1: Yeah, I mean, you would.
0: And I underst- oh, check their online profiles. It'll be listed in their interests. That
1: is early dating. I mean, like, but that's different than first dating. Like, it, when you're first going out with somebody, like, of course you're going to want to, like, hey, you know, learn about them and do those things. But you can't just, like, well, do you like jogging? Okay, well, then I'll like jogging. I mean, that's just not going to work.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure that's going to be the way that goes. And now I would, I, I would agree here as they talk about alternative date ideas. Like, the one woman would say, look, my now boyfriend on our second day took me to a gun race. She's like, I didn't think I was going to like it at all, but there was something, she calls it romantic here, about the fact that he was kind of like showing me the right way to do it, and it put me at ease, and then now I was learning something, and he was able to show me something, and she said, now, here's the important part. He was able to teach me something without making me feel like I was stupid while he was teaching me. To Now, that is, that's an art form. Right, right. I mean, it really is an art form with, like, what are you, stupid? You can't grasp this? Like, it is teaching somebody something they don't know while... Trying to keep it remedial so they can pick it up without making them feel like a five-year-old. It is. That's a fine line.
1: And I would definitely think a gun range would be, I mean, for most people. Now, there's going to be some people who are like, oh, do you? Oh, I just don't want to be anywhere on guns. It's fine. But I would think for most people, that's, dude, you're going to get the blood pumping. From oh, that, dude. Yeah.
0: Like, like, like I had just went not that long ago to great American shooting sports, as a matter of fact. And uh, and I had shot a gun for the first time. and It had been like two years. And I... I, I the first thing I did is I turned around, and the person I went with, and I said, like, this is way more fun than I remember it being. Oh, it's like, a rush. dude! Like I no for- doubt. I forgot how fun this is. So I would agree that there's something to do there. They say a baseball game is a really good first date because there's a lot of like, lack in action. There's a lot of downtime in the game itself. Um, where you could still have enough of a conversation with somebody that's going on. Normally, the weather's pretty good. You're outside. You might be drinking a little, but not so much that you're in the bar where you're slamming shots, where things can go off the rails. And it sounds crazy just because at first you're like, really you going to take a girl to a baseball game the first night out? but it's better than a movie on a first date. Sporting event is perfect. If you ask
1: me, it honestly is. I mean, unless once again, you're with somebody who's like, yo, I just dislike sports. Well, then that's a problem. But I even feel like, because you can get yourself back into that conversation we were having where you can explain stuff to her, but not necessarily be a dick about it. Um, You've always got something going on. So if there is a lull in the conversation, you have something to watch, but you can talk during it. Like a movie, you can watch it, but you can't have a conversation. My girlfriend was actually sitting in front of somebody this this weekend that was on their first date at the Canton charge game. And she was like, it was just like so much fun to listen to them and the blah, 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 blah. And you know, the conversation they were having, because like, like I said, you have, you can observe things, but you can also like retreat a little bit in, the, in into the game, you know?
0: Yeah. That's that there's truth in that. The, another one of these ideas they have for like first, second date is a surprise excursion. They say, tell her to meet you at 9am, but don't tell her what for. Then surprise her with a day exploring a locale about an hour or so away. Maybe it's wine country upstate, they say, a beach town she's never been to, or even a neighborhood in your city that you've always meant to check out. Wherever you are, there's probably a place within 30 to 40 mile radius with something fun to offer. Again... Now you tell a dude, a girl, you're going to take out first, second time to meet you at nine o'clock in the morning and you're going to take her whole day up?
1: Yeah, a lot of this and maybe we're just getting caught up on first date as opposed to like first dates, but like yeah, that that that's appropriate and that is something you should do, but that first date out, she's going to be like, no, I'm not just going to randomly go somewhere where you're not telling me. It's hard enough to get a woman to be like comfortable enough and to be like, alright, I will meet you out in public. I will meet you at Applebee's. We will split a two for 25. That's hard enough, but now you're saying like, no, dude, we're going to Fly. We're gonna go into the middle of wine country. There's gonna be nobody else around. Like there's gonna be no witnesses. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna think you're murder the
0: woman. If you if you tell a woman to you know show up at nine o'clock and you're gonna take her canoeing, she's gonna think you're gonna Scott Peterson. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like honestly, these days, honestly, as a guy who's dating, do most people don't even like the first time you go out with somebody? They want it fast. They want it over fat, just in case. Drinks will
1: always be a great first aid. I know it feels a little bit like, eh, well, maybe it's not big enough. It's phoning it's, it in. It's but it's quick. You can you can have a good time, and you can you can audible. If you're having a bad time, you're out. If you're having a good time, you can stick around for another hour. Where it's like, I feel like drinks is a great first. It
0: all it all it uh, drinks does offer you the versatility that dinner does not. Dinner, you're kind of locked in. Like you, and so I would agree with that. And that seems to be the big thing now. Like a lot of people don't even want to go out at night. Like a lot of people now when you're like, well, hey, you want to hang out and maybe see the thing? Now it's like coffee at lunch, like a lot of people want to do and things like that. And it's just like, I'm very guilty of going to the old standard of, and I think it's not even about the fact that I'm trying to impress you. I just want food. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care. I just hope you don't finish what you ordered because I want some of it. I think that's why I always go to dinner on the first date. We'll get you hooked up with those Queen Ray tickets next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry.
2: And his boy, will- Hunter Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. 106.9.
0: Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at wrqk.com. We have Queensway tickets. They're playing May 4th. Hard Rock, Roxino, Northfield Park. We'll get you hooked up with those here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. The number you will need on those. I don't know if this is a joke or not, but I just read a tweet Tide that says they're taking the pods off of the market. They said, look we've had a good run but there's been some issues and we're going to take these off. Now, I don't know if this is one of the cases where a company's got like a pretty savvy, smart social media person or if they're legitimately saying like, look, because I guess what was it? A kid in Colorado chewed on one of the school and he's had to go to the hospital, had to be treated for it and the like so i saw a tweet i don't know if that's sarcasm or not but they were saying they're taking them off the shelf
1: um i'm going to assume that they're not just because it's like every other detergent company on the face of the planet makes po- you know what i'm saying so they're not going to get left behind
0: i wouldn't think so and i don't I'm, know
1: i'm looking at tide's official twitter right now and they don't say anything about it i mean it does say like yo you're
0: not supposed to eat laundry detergent but it Okay, somebody probably photoshopped their account and then, right. and then put it out there. Because I was like, that, that doesn't seem right. Although, if everybody in the world was blaming you, I could maybe see a company going, you know what, dude, let's just get out of this. Maybe we'll get out of this. We were already going to come up with another system. Well, I mean, but at what point does it turn I mean, into like, yo, well, now we're drinking Tide, so you can't make that
2: anymore. I was going
1: to
0: say, it used to be liquid. You could just chug it. I, you should not. Don't do it. But you could. You ever hide money in your house?
1: Um, only if it's a considerable amount of money, and the only way that I would do it, I don't know, but I mean, most any time that it's a significant amount, it's I'm like, no, dude, I gotta get to the bank. You know what I'm saying? Right. Anything over a hundred bucks to me, and I'm like, dude, what am I doing with this much cash on me?
0: I uh, I, I would think less and less Americans now carry cash. The debit card is kind of like you know king rules all there. Most people, I think, probably have direct deposit these days. And so I think less and less Americans are interacting with cash. Which,
1: in one way, don't get me wrong, I think it's made my life more convenient to not have to go like, oh, dude, do I have enough cash for tonight? I got to go to the ATM, or I got to go to the bank, or whatever, like that. But it is frustrating, and it almost feels like it doesn't exist because, like you're right, I get an ATM, or I get you know my 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 check automatically deposited, and my bills automatically come out. So it just feels like it was never mine. You know what I mean? It yeah. Was, there's no ownership there. There was just numbers from one column to the next. And now, if 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 I got a cash, you know, like, hey, here's your, you know, your thousand dollar paycheck, and I gave that money to somebody, at least it would feel like at one point that thousand dollars was mine, as opposed to like, eh, dude, I don't know. When just-
0: the debit card first started to come out, I was like, well, I don't know if I'm gonna like this because I felt like it was gonna be the Vegas effect, where it was. Give them chips so they don't have to spend their money because then it'll feel like play versus, like, their money. And right. that's why Vegas uses, one of the reasons, not the only reason, but it's one of the reasons why Vegas uses chips, right? And I kind of felt like the same thing will happen. Ah, it'll be a, my card, and it won't feel like my money, when in return, actually, the opposite for me has been, I don't know about all of you, but for me, it's been the opposite that's been true. When I have cash in my hand, it, like, flies out of my hands. But yet, when I start thinking about my savings account, my checking account, both those accounts, I'm like, ah, I don't want to touch those. I don't want to spend this. I don't want, Which is one of the reasons why I still bartend, because it keeps cash on hand. I can kind of frivolously spend it, but then I don't have to touch my accounts.
1: Yeah, I think probably the fact that it is a serving job probably makes that a little bit different for you that it's cash in hand in a second job every yeah, night, yeah. right? Um, but I don't know because to me it depends on, on what the bills are. Because like if I have a hundred dollar bill in my pocket, I never want to break it. I just like I'm always like, no, I have a hundred dollars. If you got right a five dollar bill, then it's going to go out the window. You
0: right? will five or ten dollar bill yourself into the poorhouse if you have them. I would agree. The reason why I ask is I normally try to keep a certain amount of cash in the house, Um, whether it be, all right, well, we got to tip the pizza driver or an emergency or something, you know what I mean? Something happens. Um, I'm also one of these guys that's a little bit afraid of like the digital collapse. And so like, what do I do for the first three days after that until they get it back up and running? And it's like, well, cash will, will still be around kind of do that thing. So every once in a while I'll keep, A rubber band, a certain amount of cash in my house. I normally, I shouldn't tell you this, but I, but I normally do it with the car too, just in case you get stranded, car lost it, whatever. I always keep a little cash around somewhere to get myself out of, you know, a situation. And you got to be careful on where you keep this money. A lot of people will buy like these hidden jars that will look like like a regular household product, but like there's like a you know a false bottom on it. Like a lot of people will buy them to put drugs in them. Um, You know what I mean? Like they sell fake like soda cans that look just like the real thing, real logo, real everything, and then they got a false bottom on it so you can carry drugs in the car. You should not carry drugs in the car. Don't carry (laughs) drugs in the car. Right? That's the last thing I need. Searsburg told me what I need to do is do this. That's the last thing your boy needs. I don't need that. Now I bring this up because a a, a couple in Boston tried to do the right thing and it came back and bit them in the ass just a little bit. They went through the way we always ask you guys to do. They went through like their cupboards and started pulling canned items out so they could bring them to a local soup kitchen. Very admirable thing to do there. Indeed it is. And we all need to do more of it. But Amanda Matuccio told the Boston News that her parents had cleaned out their soup cabinet a few weeks ago and forgot that they had a, one of those cans with a false bottom in it, and they gave away a can that had $2,500 in cash in it to the local soup kitchen. So, again, the fake can had a bottom, Phantom, that you unscrew. It had about $2,500 in it, combination of $150 bills, and they say here, the quote is, I just hope whoever did find the money, if it has been found, that they see this and maybe find it in their heart to return it, Matuccio said. I mean, you donated the cans of food to a charity. Like, you're going to tell a charity to give you your money back? Um, I would want my money back. I just want to be clear. I would want my money back. I don't know if I would ask a charity for my money back.
1: Um, it's not like it's not like you accidentally gave an extra twenty in there. I mean, it's twenty, you know, twenty five hundred dollars. It's a lot of money. My thing is though is like that's so much money. If you have that like in the soup can in, in your hidden soup can, like you gotta have a significant amount of money and you forgot about it. You just forgot it was up there. Like that's dude. There's no way I'm misplacing twenty five hundred dollars. No, not even close.
0: So I've done that because I thought about that. That, right? And I've done this. I've, where I've, I've, like, again, with the Agora money, sometimes I'll just rubber band it, throw it in a closet or whatever. And so sometimes I'll forget. The most I've ever forgotten I had in the house at any one time was three hundred where I was like looking through my clothes I was like, oh my God dude, I just found that's right. I forgot about that show and I had like there was like three hundred bucks anything more than that i'm gonna know where it is at all times cause yeah. It's because I'm so poor
1: right dude I mean anything anything even close to a thousand bucks is gonna be like there's I'm gonna be so stressed about having that money on me like dude, what if I get robbed dude what if I you know right there's a million different ways something can happen there, so a little bit of me is like oh Dude, you,
0: not that you deserve this, but like, how are you going to be so irresponsible with that much money? It's a little irresponsible. I would agree with that. Now, the soup kitchen themselves say, look, too many cans of soup get donated here. We're gonna, are we are going to know? We're not going to have any idea where it is or where it went, and we probably I'm going to expand their point and tell you, I'm not even sure they're going to have the time to look. I mean, most of that stuff, I, can, I know most of those places are staffed by volunteer." You know what I mean? Right. And so, like, it, dude, that staff flips over, and I'm just, be honest with you, I, I, now, may, if you volunteer at a soup kitchen, though, you're probably good-hearted enough to turn the money in.
1: Yeah, you, you, you'd you like to think, and I mean, you know, it's not to say that, oh, pff, 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 dude, poor people, they're definitely not going to hand it in, because they very well could. Um, no, sh- more often than not, they're more likely. It just, it just At this point, I mean, y- y- you probably have to take the L here.
0: Yeah, it's a $2,500 loss. That one sucks. But again, if you can misplace twenty-five, dollars I would know where $2,500 in right. my house was. Right. At all times, I would know exactly where that money is. Queensryche playing the Hard Rock Roxino. They're doing it May 4th. We're going to get you hooked up with those tickets right now. We'll take Caller 20, one 243 7625 on those. And we'll get you hooked up with $1,000 next on Rock
2: 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9.
0: Hey, guys, you got Sansbury here for Dunkin' Donuts. I wake up early in the morning, so sometimes in the afternoon, I just need a little something extra to get me going. And right now, Dunkin' Donuts is offering you and I... Six, nine. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9, online for you, WRQK.com. Coming up at 9.30, I'm going to tell you a story uh, from over the weekend where I was offered a foursome and turned it down. Jeez. Yeah. Turned it down.
1: We'll give you that at 9.30 in the lead a little bit there, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three hours
0: deep into the show. I forgot it happened. Jeez. I forgot it happened. Man. And then a buddy of mine texted me. It's like, dude, I've been listening all morning. You didn't tell that story? That's crazy. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that happened. It's from Friday night at BuzzBit. I'll give you that around 930. I'll tell you something I'm excited about right now, and I know people are going to hate on it. People are going to hate on this because of who it is. But I think it's going to be great. Is... One of my favorite books I've ever read was *The Dirt* by Motley Crue. Even if you're a fan and you feel like you know every Motley Crue story there is, *The Dirt* was a page turner. Like it was just one of those books. It was just so good. And they kind of go back and forth every chapter, like a, you know, a different guy who, like writes his, and then the other, they're all telling the same story, but they all give like their version of it. It's how the chapters move forward in the book, and it was really good. And we've been waiting on the movie adaptation for a while now. It's been a long while that this has been in in, in talks. And Netflix has kind of signed on and said, look, we're going to do this. Of course, Netflix has, dude. Anything
1: that's been in in talks for a long time, Netflix is like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Sure. You don't want to
0: go to the theater. We'll bring it right to their living room. Right. Netflix is smart. Right. And they got Jeff Tremaine to be the director, according to IMDB. And if you don't know who Jeff Tremaine is, uh, he's got a lot of Ohio ties. And he was like one of the creators and directors and masterminds behind the whole jackass thing. Jeff's actually a pretty good dude. I have friends who are actually tight with him and uh, I've been out to the bar with him a couple of times. He wouldn't know me, but he uh, is friendly with some friends of mine and he's actually a really good dude and he's super funny. And I think he's the right guy to handle the Motley Crue story um, as far as a director goes. But we now know at least some of the cast members, not them all, but we do know one for sure. And he was all pumped about it, tweeting about it over the weekend. And Machine Gun Kelly, MGK, will tackle the role as Tommy Lee in the Netflix biopic, The Dirt, about Motley Crue. And I think it's a killer, killer choice. If you just look at them in the face, there's a similarity between MGK and Tommy Lee a little. Yeah, both tall
1: skinny white dudes like they have that
0: the skinny yeah. nose the pointy kind of nose type of thing you have obviously mgk's all tatted up already now they're gonna change i would imagine they'll you know they'll paint different tattoos on them but you can already see him as a tattooed kind of dude so it's not gonna be like oh my god look the, those tattoos look terrible on that guy so you're gonna have that and for those of you that have never seen machine gun kelly as an actor he was in a show now the show's already been cancelled but it wasn't his fault but he was on a show in Showtime. It was called Roadies. It was all about the music business. It was about people. It was about the roadies who set up, you know, the, sh- the shows for bands. The show was better than people gave it credit for, and MGK was a lot better in it than you would have thought. I remember when I found out he was in it, I was like, "Oh my god!" And then I watched it. I was like, "Oh, we might be dealing with a Marky Mark thing here, dude," where it's like, "There's another ability in this guy." I never watched
1: that show, but I I I, I like follow MGK on social media, and I remember watching like a um. Like a you know like a two and a half minute like Facebook video of it, and I
0: thought he did really good. I mean, like he was he was really good. he was I don't want to say really good, but he was good enough in that show to where you're not sitting there thinking why is this guy have acting yet.
1: N- now, granted, I mean it's not like he was up there doing Shakespeare, but it's the Motley Crue movie. You know what I'm saying? So like this is I think
2: within
0: the realm of where he would be. MGK going to be able to sell you on the fact that he knows how to snort cocaine. And you know, you know what I mean. And maybe flip upside down in the drum kit. I'm going to be able to buy MGK will do drugs. So as the, because that's going to be a huge portion of the Motley Crue story. You can't tell the Motley Crue story without the cocaine. Like legitimately, you just can't do it. And the heroin. It's going to be interesting to see because it's going. That book was so in depth and so good, and gave you so much backstage access to what was going on in that band at that time that you've got to wonder how they're going to cram it all in, in a two-hour movie. Yeah, I was going to say it's often challenging
1: to translate any book into a movie, especially one like that where you have so many different perspectives on it and you have so much that goes into it, and obviously a pretty big story when it comes to the crew. Um, and to, you know, compact that all down into under two hours will be a challenge, but, I mean, that's what movie makers do.
0: I uh, It's just so much of it, it's going to have to be Nikki. Because it is his band. He kind of formed it. He wrote most of the stuff. He, you know, he dealt with all the marketing. He dealt, I mean, dude, the it main was, character. he was Nikki's. I mean, it was Nikki's band. It will always be Nikki's band. And that, you gotta wonder who they're gonna slight. I mean, obviously, the Mick Marr story, they'll probably slight a little just because the guy was so private. He didn't give you a whole lot. But you're gonna see a lot of people hate on MGK for the choice of Tommy Lee, and I think it's a home run. I think it's gonna be, I think it's a great choice. I'm a little bit of a hip hop fan too So maybe that has something to do with it but after seeing him in roadies And seeing, I'm telling you We may be dealing with a Marky Mark situation here Where it's like, okay, yeah The rapping's kind of what made you famous But there might be an underlying ability here In MGK that might we might find out He may be a better actor in the end I don't know, but I like this I, I like this choice of him playing Tommy Lee In the movie The Dirt, which I guess Will now be coming out via Netflix We do have another opportunity to $1,000 Here's your next keyword right now
2: your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BANK to 200-200. You'll get a text-confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info.
0: Welcome back to the Stans radio Show. We're on Rock 69 we on live for you, wruk.com. We also have some can charge tickets for you for their game coming up on this Friday, which is also Dollar Dog Night. Yeah. That's a good night to go. It is we were passing out Cavaliers winter hats the other night. That was kind of nice. That was a cool giveaway. Saturday night we're giving away socks. Is that? Oh yeah. yeah. I kind of want to go to that too.
1: I uh, I got myself like a uh, like a sneak peek pair, and they're like really nice socks. Usually when you know like hey we're giving stuff away, they're gonna like give you something you know like a little cheaper. But like no dude, these socks are legit. They're thick. They're big.
0: Saturday night, man. I'm excited. Big and thick. Luckily they go on my feet. <laughs> so we'll pass out those tickets to end the program one 800 the number you will need. Um, so my buddy hit me up and was like, dude, been listening all morning and I feel like you're burying the lead, kind of feel like you got a personal story from the weekend and you're not telling it, and I feel like that's a little strange, that's normally unlike you. Okay. And I had completely forgot that this had happened. All right. So on Friday on the program, I had said, look, I just kind of feel like I haven't been out in a while and uh, things are going well, we just got the ratings back. Um, And they came back gangbusters, like we did, really, really well. Thank you again for listening. We appreciate it. Um, And we were doing well. And I just kind of feel like, you know what, maybe a couple of nights out, not the worst idea in the world. And uh, I don't really like drinking. Like I'm not one of those guys. Like I had a bad day. Give me a stiff drink. I just kind of feel like me personally, I'm leaning on it at that point, and I don't like that feeling. But if things are good or whatever, yeah, you know, a couple of beers probably not the worst idea in the world, right? And so I kind of let everybody know there's this band called the Arbitration. They were playing Buzzbin. I was like, "Eh, I like that band. I'll go see them Friday night, right? So it's not. Crazy to tell people where you're going to be and then see people who listen to the program kind of show up and like hang out there, right? Yeah. It's not crazy to have that happen, right? As a matter of fact, most of the time we rely on that,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> don't have friends, so it's like, no, please come hang out with us, <laughs> just
0: okay. do right? So I'm in Buzzman, and you know, a couple of people had done that, and this guy and his wife walk in, and his wife walks right up to me. She's like, oh my god, we just drove down from Cuyahoga Falls, we don't really come down to Canton a lot, but we love you, we heard you were going to be here, we wanted to say hello. I was like, oh, cool, thanks, you know, I appreciate that, whatever, right? And so then the night starts to go on or whatever, and I start talking to a couple other people and this and that, and I turn around, and they're now hanging out with like a third person, another woman, right? right? A blonde. And um, so they introduce me. They say, oh, hey, this is our friend, so, you know, and I forget her name, and honestly, given the story, I probably shouldn't tell you her name anyway, right? And as I'm shaking this woman's hand, she looks at the, she looks at the wife of the couple And says, and with no attempt whatsoever, like, no attempt whatsoever to, like, be sneaky or, like, be quiet or anything like that, just looks at the friend as she still has my hand and, like, her grip says, well... Looks like we're having a foursome. Geez, <laughs> like, oh Whoa. my god! Whoa, like, I don't know. I mean, dude, I have not. I'm just, I'm just saying hello to this. But that's it. Okay, so this groundwork
1: had obviously been laid. Like this, war, or this couple had asked this woman, like, "Yo, come down here, let's bang Stansberry out." I, so, well, all right, we'll, we'll, so, okay. we'll get
0: there. So as I'm shaking the blonde's hand, she says to me, "She goes, wait a minute, I know you." Uh oh. And I was like, uh, I don't think you do. Like I, I, you know, and I, I'm bad with names, but I'm normally pretty good with faces. Like normally I'll see a face and be like, I know, I know that person, but how is it through the program? Did we work together? Whatever. But I normally faces I got right. So at, and she's like, and she, she still, by the way, hasn't let my hand go. Like okay. it's one of those things where they're still shaking your hand four minutes into a conversation. And she says to me, she goes, wait a minute. I know you. I was like, I don't think you do. She said, No remember, we made out one night in the bar.
1: Jeez.
0: And I said to her, I was like, and I tried to be as nice as I could. I was like, no, he didn't. <laughs> like, I can, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't have the heart to look at her and be like, there's no way that happened. Are you sure you didn't? And I, yeah, dude, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Like, there are, there, okay, guys will know this, women too. Actually, human beings know this. Because women are guilty of this too. There are people you might make out with. But there are also people you'll make out with as long as nobody watches you do it. Okay. And I kind of felt like I was in one of those situations. Like, I'm probably not going to make out with you at public. Ah, but
1: see, here's what I'm going to say. is if you're going That sounds to, mean. If you're, a- if you're going to make out with someone privately, you're going to make out with them publicly drunk. You know what I'm saying? If you're in that blackout. It's ah. not. Okay.
0: That's not awful logic. I don't think that this happened. Okay. All right. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. here. I do not think this happened. Okay. So there I am, and I'm in a very like uncomfortable situation. I'm trying to, 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 like, Dave Chappelle talked about this once before. When you're trying to deny hooking up with a woman you didn't hook up with, you look like a crazy person, right? So I'm like trying to like gently like lay this story down, where it's like, nah, I don't think that happened, right? I just don't think it did. Maybe it did, I don't know. I doubt it. So I think to myself, okay, she's just being funny, and this couple is going to be like, I don't know, like, I don't know, try to get me out of this situation, right? Okay, you you
1: keep lying to yourself, buddy. But okay, all right, that's what they're gonna do.
0: So then, like the, the embrace of like the the handshake, kind of like let's go, right? And so I turn around um, at the bar and I start ordering myself something to drink, as like okay, like we I need to interject other conversation into this. I need to like kind of work my way around this. So then the wife of the couple says to me. Hey, we don't know her all that well. And so I thought, okay, here comes the, my bad, I'm sorry, sorry, this shouldn't have happened to you. I thought for sure that's what I was being set up for right there, right? She goes, we don't know her all that well. She's like, you know, we've only hung out with her once or twice. We don't know, you know, it's not like we're best friends or whatever. And then she says to me, she goes, but make no mistake. My husband and I will totally take you home and bang the hell out of you if you're interested. And I just didn't know what to do because that I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to swing with you. And I didn't know how to appropriately say, if you're allowed outside the bounds of your marriage to play, Right. I would maybe be interested in maybe seeing you one-on-one there. I don't want to see, I don't want to, I don't want to hook up with you and your husband, but if you're allowed to play around, you might be able to get me talked into that.
1: Um, and I didn't know how to,
0: I didn't know how to like a la carte order my swing. Um, <laughs> I I, like, I, I, Where's I think, the dessert cart? I think there's a bunch of different terms when it
1: comes to this lifestyle. So like, I'm sure there's a specific thing there where it's like, I know my wife goes out, bangs other dudes and then comes home to me as opposed to me and another dude banging out my wife. Um, I just didn't I, feel comfortable. I would say I'm surprised, but like. I I, I think I I would say I was surprised if I was dealing with like most guys, I think most guys find themselves in a situation where vagina gets offered in like a weird and alluring way. And it's like, no, I can't turn that down. Like a penthouse letter. I'm never going to have the opportunity to do do this again in my life. But I think you found yourself in enough situations. And at this point too, dude, honestly, you're probably old enough where it's like, God, dude, you can say like, yeah, I would totally bang this chick out if her husband was cool with it. But like, can you imagine that headache and like the 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 the, the 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 like the logistics of trying to make that stuff happen on a regular basis? No, thanks, man. One's enough.
0: I, I, I it's enough. I kind of agree. I like I once I was at Blossom once, and I had a guy who wanted to like watch me make out with his wife, and I was still young enough then. That was during the last run. Right. I was still young enough then, where I was like, screw it. The- <laughs> exactly. So I had done that. And looking back on that now, like telling you that I'm almost yeah. embarrassed to tell you're you the story yeah. where I just feel like such a dirtbag for having done that. In
1: the moment, like leaning into sex feels great. It's like, dude, I want to do this. I love having it. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to orgasm and it's going to be fantastic. But once you take that step back and you start looking at things like that, and you're just like, ew, gross, that's that's definitely a sign that that behavior need not be repeated. You know what I mean? If you look back and think making out with a wife was like, ugh, dude, shouldn't have done that, banging her out would have felt a lot different.
0: Like, I have friends, my friend Jen and her husband are swingers. Like, full-blown swingers. They'll go to swinger clubs. They're both allowed to kind of... And she kind of is... They have a... It's not don't ask, don't tell. But she does not have to ask permission. Like, if she's out she can have sex with you and then she'll go tell him it's right. not like they don't hide it but she doesn't have to like pre screen it with him and so they they've uh, kind of hit me up a couple of times and i was like uh, dude like i just feel like I'm a little old for multiple dudes in my sex life now, where it's like, yeah, when I was young, running hard, doing a bunch of drugs, it's like you could, you could convince yourself that it was okay that another dude was standing right there as you're having sex. Now, man, I'm just like, I don't know if I want any piece Of that, whatsoever. But I did. I was trying to find the way to tell the wife. But it's like, well, dude, get permission to come over next weekend. Maybe we'll hang out. But I think you might be right, Phanto. Yeah, or we will be on that. I, no. I, feel, I feel like, dude, that's how I end up in a shallow grave somewhere in this town. Like, I knew it. She left me for that, dude. And like, yeah, yeah, dude. I don't want any, any piece of that whatsoever. We have can't charge tickets. We'll close out the program by giving you those next on Rock 1069. The
2: Stansberry Show. I have got.
0: Get in on this. Rock 1069. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 1069. Online for you, WRQK.com. Teresa will have another opportunity for you to score yourself a $1,000. She'll give you your next keyword at 1010. Fantone, it is 56 degrees right now. Crazy, dude. According to my Crazy. iPhone, it is 56 degrees. You know what that means? What's that? Your boy's tempted to go walk the golf course today. Okay. There are courses that are open year-round. As oh, long. As, yeah, dude. As long as it's not... Like, and so, like, I already called one of them. They're like, yeah, man, if you're willing to walk, you can walk.
1: I mean, it's probably been, you know, long enough for you where you haven't played. Like, even just getting out there and letting it letting it loose, dude, I would go do it. Yeah, for sure, man. Why wouldn't you? You and, like, I don't know, some retired dudes and probably, like, I don't know, doctors
0: are going to be out there. Like, go do it. Now, a lot of guys are sissies. It's too cold, too windy. 60 degrees? Jeez. It's rainy. Like, I know. So, uh, dude, a lot of guys who play that game, they need, like, perfect conditions or they won't play it. I'm not one of those. No, you are not. Dude, I'll go in snow. I'll go in rain. I don't care. I just got the love of it. I haven't hit a golf ball in weeks. 60 degrees, man. It's going to be nice today. Like, I probably might wear shorts. Open up the windows. Let it, let the
1: house breathe. Yeah, the global warming's not so bad. No, no. I remember about two weeks ago, everyone was like, nope, global warming's not real. It's cold. Well, pretty warm today. Does that prove it? <laughs> No, because no one data point proves anything in anything, dude. No, you just can't pick random-ass dates and be like, oh, that proves it.
0: Well, also, climate and weather are different. So, there's that. You can watch that show, Life Below Zero, yeah. about Alaska, and I've been sucked into it. I watch it every day now. And they talk about it all the time. About how, like, they've lived there 30 years, and they can totally see a dramatic change in the seasons up there. Lived dards no, those guys, they're, but that's just it. They would not be lip Snowflakes. Well, I'm sure they got a few of those. It's Alaska ah, for crying out loud. Dude, like, I watched a guy last night in that stupid show... Dude, he took, like, hours to, like, drill, like, four holes into it, the, because they don't use, like, power tools. He's got, like, a like a pitch Jesus. fork, and he's, like, trying to, like, put holes in the ice to fish. Sounds awful. And so it, that's just it. And, he dude, he got, like, ten of them done, and he goes back the next day, takes him like, two hours to walk to where they were, pulls them all out, no fish. Nothing. Dude. I don't know, dude. I don't know if your boy's got that in him. Like, no, I, you don't. I, no, I, there's no question there. You do not. I do not. I, uh, I would like to do a roughing it week long subsistence live vacation weekend long day
1: long three hour long and then he's gonna be like you know what i'm done with this i don't want to do this dude where's the
0: cable (laughs) is tom brady playing what's happening yeah i uh i would think i about i think i would have about a week in me of subsistence like hunting and living but I don't know if I could do it. Like The one guy's been out there in the bush, they call it, on the Brooks Range of Alaska. Dude, he's been out there 10 years. Dude, he built a cabin in the middle of nowhere. And they always talk about how like they're not living, they're thriving. It's like, doesn't
1: dude, seem like it. We
0: got delivery pizza. Right. You're sleeping in your mittens. <laughs> yeah,
2: <it seems laughs> what the hell are you very, talking very about? There.
0: What the hell are you talking about? We do have some charge tickets that are playing Friday night, Dollar Dog Night. We'll get you hooked up right now. We'll take caller 10 on those. one 800 243-7625. Side from that, we're done. However, Teresa will be getting you hooked up with that $1,000. She'll give you your next keyword at 1010. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Have a great afternoon. See you.
2: The Ferry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9.